welcome to Infamous, the audio podcast. This is Brandon or Mutilus on the forum. Uh, this is Jeremy. Um, man, I, I'm, I'm almost gonna go to the forums again. I mean, probably not, but if I did, I'd go by I love Thanos again. And this is Aaron, and uh, I don't go to the forums. Good choice. Perfect. Um, Aaron is our special guest star today. Uh, we've replaced Parker because Parker failed to show up. He is uh, dead to us both. So yeah, he's dead. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about punishment for next week. Uh, he has 953 probationary episodes. I feel like we can get him to a thousand. We'll help him out. No doubt. Yeah. Um, on the plus side, we have all kinds of spicy news because we decided not to record till Friday. Oh my God. Good choice. All right. Uh, so first bit of news that I'm sure everyone has heard about, unless you don't go on the internet. Um, the card cycling that we have been theorizing is officially part of the game now. We have two game modes that are now options. Uh, the first one is standard, which is involves the card cycling. In standard format, all characters are legal. And then Team Cactus cards that do not have the web symbol on it, the Spider-Man logo, the other three symbols are all legal. All crisis cards are legal. And then any infinity gem cards that have the hammer symbol are legal. So basically the new uh, the new prints from the card pack and then only the missions from the spider symbol stuff. Uh, then we also have the extended timeline where everything is legal, including former band cards, to my knowledge. Is that how you guys read this? Does that sound right? Correct. Absolutely. Uh, they did clarify that if you want to use your old Spider-Man card, that's totally legal. So yeah, you, you as do long not as have it's to buy the new reprinted, one. Yeah. Um, what do you mean Spider-Man so, card? Hold on, wait. The Web Warrior symbol cards, the the spider logos. So oh, if you have okay. like the old Avengers assemble, you can use the old one because it's been reprinted. Um, but I don't know, did they clarify if that works even if you don't have the card pack stuff? They did not clarify. I think it was uh, insinuated that it would not be a problem. Okay. Because my understanding was that you have you you could use the printed out cards before as long as they had the correct text on them. Um, but yeah, I never thought about the legality of, let's say, um, as an example, advanced R&D. If you have the original printing of advanced R&D, it has the wrong text. So I don't know if that would be legal for tournament play or not. I just want to, have to get clarification on hmm. that at some point. I think the the insinuation in my, my interpretation was that they would be legal, but you'd have to know the correct wording. Like, and that would have to be available. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but they did 100% clarify that if your cards uh, were printed with another symbol, like, example, 1-2 Punch was printed in, I think, the X-Men symbol and also was in the card pack. So it's got the ha- it's got the web symbol, the hammer symbol, and the X-Men symbol. It's got all three printings. And so you can use any of the printings because they're all the same. Um, did you guys, because, let me check here. I'm just going to go to the banned and restricted list. And see what it says. Did we do a happy dance when we read it? The answer is yes. Oh yeah, because there's um, separate banned and restricted lists for the new timelines, which is mm-hmm. our next topic. Uh, so new banned and restricted lists. Um, extended timeline has no banned cards and no restricted cards. Hooray! We can now play Hired Muscle again. <laughs> oh boy. Man. Weren't those good times? Remember when you, you would Hired Muscle the fucking Mayor Fist tokens? That was fun. Good God. All right. Um, so I'm going to go through the standard restricted list. Would you rather me go one at a time and we can talk about the relevance or do you want me to just read the whole list? Uh, do the whole list. Whole list. All right. 
We have two Infinity Gems. We have the Reality Gem and the Space Gem are both restricted. Tactics cards include Advanced R&D, Brace for Impact, Disarm, Indomitable, Patch Up, and Sacrifice. Um, so, uh, Jeremy, were you surprised to see Infinity Gems make the restricted list? I was. That was a really cool fix for a problem. I, I didn't see that coming, but I think it's fantastic. I think that's cool. Aaron, did you see this coming? Not at all. Not I did all. say yesterday that they should just restrict Thanos. So I agree <laughs> with Jeremy. This is an interesting way to do that. I am concerned with the repercussions that it will have on uh, on Black Order writ large, as opposed to the splash. I think it hurts the splash less, or it hurts the splash more than the full Black Order roster because the full Black Order roster it's not losing much that it really wanted. As where the splash is not only making the splash difficult to play, it's making the rest of your roster difficult to play too. I, I agree. It it com- doesn't completely neuter the splash, but it uh, has a significant impact. Uh, yeah. Black Order is less impacted, but still impacted. If you're going to take a standard Black Order list, you are essentially uh, forbidden from taking any other good cards. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I think it's a it's somewhere between interesting and significant. Yeah. Um. I think they caught a bunch of really good cards to put on Restricted. I didn't see a lot of those coming. But I think the cool part is as soon as you restricted the ones that were restricted that we knew were coming, I was like, well, I'll just use these instead. Wah, wah, they caught me. <laughs> like, I totally feel like I got caught. I'm like, oh, perfect. I can, no, I can't. I can't do those. There's going to be some really good tactics cards choice selections now, like spicy, like some hot takes, mm-hmm. man. Like, what's out there? What's just slightly deeper than that top level? I like that. So, do you think with the cards we still have available to us, now that we've lost those 17 cards, plus the original two banned cards? Um, oh, no, it was more than... T- it was three banned cards, but one of them got changed and completely errated. So, we basically lost 20 cards from the original set. And do you think that the cards that are on the restricted list now are more g- impacting that they're on the restricted list than the cards we used to have? Like, are these less roster bending than the old ones where it's like if you don't have exactly two from the restricted list, you're selling yourself really short? Or is it less impacting? Is it just as impacting? Is it more so now that our pool is smaller? The fact that field dressing was removed makes it less impactful. There is no card more impactful to swinging a game than field dressing. I'll go one step further. I'll say field dressing plus the healing card. That little combo right there was the game changer of all. One or the other wasn't half as bad as both together, right? Yeah. Being able to field dressing and then immediately med pack was pretty brutal. That four health swing was gnarly. Or if you just came up, like, you're not super punished at the moment for just coming up one damage short. Because patch up is so much harder to play than med pack. Mm -hmm. That you have to be immediately in position to perform it. Um, But, I mean, it's obviously has a higher upside. Um, I'm happy Advanced R&D is on the list. I feel like this card should have been there for a really long time. Mm -hmm. Um, They seem to really hate turn zero and turn one gimmicks. Like, they passionately seem to hate them because they think it takes the fun away from the game. And by them, I'm saying the devs. Yet, this card has been allowed to exist for the entirety of the game. So, I don't understand why it was able to exist for so long. Because all it does is make turn one gimmicky plays. I wouldn't cry if it just got banned. Yeah. So, like, I thought when they originally ratted it, I thought they were just going to get rid of it. Instead, they brought it back to life when they should, obviously should have just gotten rid of it. Mm-hmm. 
So with this update, what I think AMG did was they took a look at, again, this is a theory. It's not, I don't know about this, but uh, they took a look at all the games that were being played over the past six months. They just decided that people were not dying nearly enough. There's way too much control, moving around, healing people. Like, they want characters to daze and die and get removed from the field. Because every single card that got bumped, either to the banned slash rotated or restricted list, helps keep your team alive. I so think... I, they, I think... Go ahead. Uh, well, I feel like they listened to me from podcast one, where <laughs> I was like, these models need to goddamn die, and they just won't because of these fucking tactics cards. And I've said that forever, and it was boo-hoo. Jeremy just doesn't know how to fucking play. Well, you know what? That's Jeremy what doesn't know how to play, but I also hate when you fucking heal your models. Okay? So stop it. They said stop, too. <laughs> but, I mean, look at that. Like... Attrition is a part of the game, but when you can't use attrition because of all the bullshit, you've lost, like, everything. Like, your list can't do half of what your opponent's list is doing. There's So, I think there's no question whatsoever between us that the the offensive tactics cards were objectively worse than the defensive tactics cards, right? Correct. Like, there is, like, short of, like, maybe Dark Rain, there is no card equivalent to Med Pack for offense like one two punch i don't care how many ways you try and cut it is never going to be the opposite of med there's not a lightning bolt. like it just isn't there's yeah, no I, like, that's what it is lightning bolt and anytime a card gets even close it immediately gets restricted or banned yep like look at doomed prophecy look at all that stuff like all like got. all you've got blind obsession all those cards immediately go away because it only takes one tick past good to be broken on offense but yet the defensive cards have been allowed to exist for so long that it, we just took it as part of the game. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I'm just sitting here thinking, like, the ability to heal three, right? And then the ability to just walk up with Juggernaut and be like, take one. How devastating is that? That fucking kicks you in the face so many times. Just his ability to walk up and make you take one. Not two or three. One. Like, and that's the equivalent of it, but it's backwards. Imagine if they were it had a tactics card that said... Plus two damage to next attack. You're like, what? <laughs> hmm. Okay, so do you think, do you guys think that there are two cards on this list that are the go-tos in a vacuum? Like, these are the best two cards on the list. No, not at all. I think it's very roster-dependent. That's my hot take. Hmm. I think there is one best card on the list. There's a singular best card. Yes. But I don't think there's two. Gosh. I don't know. I think this. Think? I think the best card is Indomitable. It has the most game impact. Uh, I disagree. It can it can stop throws and is also counter control. I agree with that. As where everything else on the list, I don't think does two things. I think they all do one thing. I don't know. I've been finding half the time anymore. Indomitable doesn't do anything. Oh yeah. I mean, so, I, go ahead. I don't know. I that that's just what I'm saying. I, I've ran into a lot of times where it just doesn't do anything or it does everything i guess i mean it, it has done both so i've played juggernaut a bit recently and uh his throw into a team that does not have indomitable or doesn't have it online due to power yeah. is crushing crippling it's crazy yeah, against a crippling. venom omega red and so indomitable has, has been key to be in the 10 it doesn't need to always be on the table but you almost always had to have it in your 10 correct so i, I agree with jeremy there are games when okay you push me short okay like not game altering uh, so if you don't have someone who's going to throw long or medium, Indomitable's not necessary. 
but you almost have to bring it now just just to counter Juggernaut. I find that basically every list that I'm going to build will have, you know, Brace and then something. So this is tough. Like, this is really a... Yeah, it felt like Brace and Patchwork were so obvious because they were the only two cards we expected to stick Mm -hmm. around. But now that they've added these other five or four Tactus cards, man, it feels... Feels like a hard choice now. I mean, it, it probably comes down to patch up brace and indomitable. Some some version of those yeah. two are, are probably the two you're going to take. I feel a little naked without healing, and so if I if I have a character that can heal like a Wong or a Hood or maybe a Doctor Strange, then I'd obviously feel a lot better about not taking patch up. But I think my my list going forward as it is the baseline is going to be probably indomitable patch up. If you have a tentpole character, I think you take patch up. If you don't, you probably take brace. Yeah, that's fair. I tend to play tall, so I, I that's probably why I lean that direction. Were there any cards on the list that you guys were surprised about? I know Aaron said that all of the cards on the list were good choices. I was shocked about Disarm. Yeah, Disarm got me too. But if all the other cards are now restricted, Disarm would be in every list, right? It would be in every roster. Maybe not in your list every time, but it would be there. Yeah, that, that's that's a good point. Which I love so- this list for that reason. The list that I had planned on playing for TTS Season 8 uh, had four of these six restricted cards, <laughs> plus the other two that yeah. were just rotated out. Yep. So clearly, uh, yes, they're all very good. So just for just for the record, what were they? Can you read them out? Uh, advanced R&D, Disarm, Indomitable, Sacrifice, Field Dressing, and Med Pack. So those were the six that were in the list. So those six need mm-hmm. to come down to two now, uh, or scrap the list completely. But that just goes to show how good and impactful those cards were. So if they made, I absolutely think they made the right choice in taking probably the six most impactful cards uh, that were generic and placing them in the uh, in the restricted list. Whether they should have or not is debatable. Uh, but I think they got the cards right if that's what they wanted to do. Yeah. So this is what I was talking about when we talked about the 17 cards that were getting rotated. Um, I thought the fact that there was like five generic cards that were like definitely not broken, because, like, seeing red went away, like, acute senses. Like, there was a bunch of random cards that were rotating out, and I was like, why are these going away? And then I was like, because I would actually look at playing seeing red now that all the, like, really powerful stuff was gone, mm-hmm. and now you can't. Like, those cards are gone. So it kind of surprised me that they were so willing to get rid of some older cards that would finally maybe see the light of day, but now I don't... I They chose to do this for whatever reason... Um, I do think that the restricted list, I think, is pretty healthy. The fact that these cards are on the restricted list says that the Tactus cards are definitely in a better place now than they were. I'm, I'm pretty psyched at trying to build stuff now. I like, concur. That's cool. I, I like it. I like yeah, it a lot. There's definitely no question Brace, Patchup, Indomitable probably would have been in every single roster. Oh, and then if we move on past that, Disarm, Advanced Art Day, and Sacrifice would be in like at least half. And so we've just chosen six of like the, you know, 10 cards and pretty much half the rosters in the game. So question for you guys. Go ahead. You alluded, go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. I, I was just making a comment. Go ahead. Okay. Brandon, you alluded earlier to what, there are 23 cards left over in the, uh, the generic uh, bucket, if you will. And you said what? The unaffiliated, yep. uncharacter restricted. Yep. Um, so which of those cards, because depending on your roster, you're not going to be able to fill 10 without them um which of those cards are now going to start to see the light of day Ooh, i don't have them in front of me ah, i'll see. give you my top three while you think how about that sure i think you'll understand two of them the third one's spicy 
Uh, inspiring monologue, I think, comes back as a defensive technique. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've I've always been a huge fan of that card. Marked for death. Yeah, that that should already be in people's rosters. Uh, and my spicy take is fallback. Is you like fallback? <laughs> yes, Explain. I do like fallback. Explain. Okay, so for anyone who doesn't know, fallback gives you a uh, a move short uh, after, sorry, before damage is dealt. So it's not after the attack is resolved. Uh, there are a lot of rapid fire rosters. Bucky is everywhere. If you either are just in range stealth or inside range five, Bucky wants to shoot you twice for potentially four times. And if you play fallback off of his first damage, or first target rather, he will only ever be able to target you once and you waste a second action. And it goes the same for anyone else. Zemo charges you. He gets his first attack. He's at range two. You survive. You have perfect knowledge. You don't have to play it before you're attacked. You fall back and he wastes his second action. Why? Can you read the card to me real quick? Maybe I'm misremembering. When an allied character is attacked, before damage is dealt, it may spend two to play this card. This character may advance short away from the attacking character. Oh, because it's not after the attack is resolved. Yeah, that's smart. Um... I don't think it, it makes a lot of lists, but it is not bad. Hmm. I think you'll see a lot of um, uh, characters stapled to their personal cards. I think you'll see a lot of that. Yeah, I think the best part about this is we're going to start seeing a lot more of the character-only cards. Which I think is it cool. depends on your affiliation. Brotherhood but, has 20 that are all good. Uh, Avengers sure, does not. but that, that also leans towards characters like Venom getting included in more rosters because there's tactic slots to bring in their, their support. Uh, yeah. Uh, what I'm uh, excited for are more niche plays that can be in your roster. For instance, I want to play Avengers with Hulk and Smash uh, on yes. Montesi, right? Like, I just want to set well, that up, and I can do that now because I can afford a, uh, a tactics card spot for Smash. Um, Smash is great, I, but you don't need Hulk to play Smash. He wants to smash okay. a big thing. Uh, yes, clearly. <laughs> well, but, I mean, or Dormammu. But, I mean, if we're talking about throwbacks, the way to go used to be you would take Modok mm-hmm. and smash a kiosk, and you had a nine-dice psychic blast, which was fucking crazy. <laughs> with all rerolls. Yeah, with the full rerolls. <laughs> it was so dumb. And then you could play that in Cabal, so you could also Dark Rain on top of it. And it was like it was like convocation-level rerolls. It was so dumb. Right, so exactly. Plays plays like that, that you mm-hmm. were replaced because Tacticars became so bog-standard. Yeah, uh, they are now no longer bog standard, and you have options to build specific plays with specific characters in specific crises into your list again. I cannot wait for all the list building apps to update, and so I can start building lists. <laughs> There's so many cards that are like not allowed anymore. Mm. I was thinking maybe extreme conditioning would get some play finally now that um, all the movement cards were gone. I think Face Me is going to start seeing a lot more rosters too. Face Me is always an interesting one. Uh, inspiring monologue for sure is in my top three. I think face me costs like three though. Is that the problem with face me? It does. Yeah. It costs three. Every time I put it in my list, I'm like badass, And I look down, I'm like, I don't have enough power to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think my go-to will probably be inspiring monologue marked for death. And, um, hmm. I want to say, like, smash or trip up, but I don't think they'll actually make the cut. What's the one that causes stagger? Is that trip, trip up. up? That's, tr- no, there isn't one that causes yes, stagger. Yes, there is. Yes, trip up does. Is it trip up? But it's, on, was, it's on damage, that's the issue. It's on damage and it's response to the attack. So you can't, you you don't get knowledge of the attack roll. Correct. Yeah, it's if and you have to have two characters within, 
You have to have character within two of your character, and they have to attack an enemy. They each spend one. If damage is dealt by this attack, they gain stagger and stun. So it's good. It's cheap. It is. It is cheap, but it's you have to deal damage. So, and like stuff like Bullseye doesn't get around it because it just does an innate damage, not a damage from the attack. Mm-hmm. I think it's best with Shuri. Shuri is really silly with it. For because sure. you're pushed, stunned, and staggered. <laughs> yeah, and it's a six die energy, which is one of the better generic attacks with a built in reroll. So, yeah, I think my go tos are probably going to be escort to safety, inspiring, and mark for death. That's probably be my generics. Although trip up probably gets an honorable mention. Jeremy, what are your? Do you have any go tos that you're excited to play? Um, not really. Uh, I I think that you named the ones that I would generally go to. The only the only one that aside from. I don't think trip up or any of those would make it. It would probably be a smash or a damage card or something. I, I've been fiddling with for a while with attrition with just very heavy tactics cards based on attrition and maybe huck them all in there, see what happens now that people can't heal or they don't have all their stupid little uh, sacrifice or whatever else shenanigans. Being able to actually kill people would be fun for once. Yeah. Just to remind people, these are the cards that we lost with the cycle. It is um, Field Dressing, Med Pack, Bitter Rivals, Climbing Gear, Blind Obsession, Heavy Ordnance, Acute Senses, Tactical Analysis, Battle Lust. Oh, we did lose Extreme Conditioning. Never mind. Oopsie. That's gone too. Uh, Rocket Boots, Sucker, Seeing Red, Web Barrier, Unearthly Rage, No Escape, and Reversal. Um, so we lost. Battle Lust was the best card dice adder in the whole game, in my opinion, short of maybe Smash, which is really situational. And we lost all the movement cards, basically. Um, tell you what, honestly, Modoc's going to start making a lot of my lists because Aim Lackeys is still there. I think that you'll see uh, Midnight Suns being able to place themselves. That's important again. Like, there's all kinds of things that are now important again. Um, yeah. With losing just the ability to plop your model back somewhere using a tactics card and not being able to do that anymore. I mean, there's some Modoc premium without shit. climbing gear seems bad. Well, everyone's going to use Heimdall, so who cares? <laughs> right? Fair. Like, whatever. Heimdall. T- what's your roster? <laughs> Nine models plus Heimdall. I didn't see him on the list of restricted. It was, did we miss that? <laughs> H-I-E. Uh, man, honestly, he wouldn't surprise me if he had, like, a day of release errata. Like, that guy <laughs> seems so busted. I wouldn't be surprised if we get the oops misprint treatment on the hit as well. <laughs> oops, all berries. <laughs> yeah, Jesus Christ. Man. All right, so let's move on to the second section, which is uh, the Hallelujah section. Uh, the new band list. We have added a single card to the band list. Well, we theoretically removed two because they cycled out, but we're adding... Mystic Wakandan Herbs, Factor Fiction, Fiction, Motherfucker, Prophecy Fulfilled. Thank God it's gone. I'm really upset. (laughs) Take that, Brent. (laughs) Face. Brent, eat a dick. Told you that didn't seem okay. It didn't seem okay. (laughs) Told you that that made me feel a certain way. (laughs) Yeah. I am very happy that's done with. I uh, the worst thing ever is like trying to do well at a tournament and then just getting yahtzee because your opponent wins priority and pulls herbs and you just lose. Like, oh, this was a fun tournament and glad a lot of strategy went into this. I've only played in like five tournaments this year, four maybe I don't know, but two tournaments now I've got yahtzee into that bullshit and I really yeah. d- it's just like okay, goddamn it, yeah. 
Yeah, I watch people lose at Omaha. It's like 30, 35 or 38 person event and like people are just losing to uh, herbs in the top eight. And it's like, man, that's hard to watch. Like played so well, played played four rounds to make top eight. First round of top eight, just lose because you flip herbs. Like, oh, cool. Yeah. I mean, it's a pretty low percentage that you actually can get it as long as the other players both have yeah. it. it. Well, it's a one in six if only one of you has well, it. Well, that's yeah. what I'm saying. But if you both have it, you deserve it. Fuck that shit. Yeah. <laughs> that's the thing like it definitely shouldn't exist because outside of like the super gimmicky missions it's a bad mission like even yeah even without the abuse it's bad still <laughs> when it first came out we all stared at it and we're like this thing's a mess <laughs> i'm not doing that <laughs> aaron uh on a scale of one to ten how happy are you that we don't have herbs anymore uh, if you really want to know, my wife wanted to have sex two hours ago, and I told her I couldn't because I already orgasmed earlier today. <laughs> oh, okay. You gotcha. took care of it? I thought this was going in a very different direction. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, I went ahead, and, yeah, All I right. mean, I went ahead and, like, finished my models. I was so excited. I was like, I guess I don't have to throw, <laughs> I this, actually a, went back to I don't have to throw this shit in the trash. Like, cool. No, that combined with uh, Advanced R&D going to Restricted, uh, anything they can do to uh, put the Kielbosch on the Turn 1 plays is good because they can just, uh, they can be a very negative play experience to just auto-lose because there's nothing you can do. Yeah. I think, I think this is the, the farthest they've ever gone to nerfing a specific thing because Herbs got banned, Tactical Analysis got banned, or cycled, um, Climbing Gear got cycled, um space stone got restricted advanced r&d got restricted like they were like we never want this to happen ever again but by the same Except token it's, just like you said yeah. heimdall comes into the game and he enables yeah. a lot of turn one uh positioning not necessarily jank but positioning yeah but so does like clea and red skull so like him placing somebody on the first turn that doesn't bother me at all um it's more more the rerolls on on scenario like it's just going to make the pay to flips like a minefield of when your opponent has Heimdall or not. And obviously everyone playing pay to flips will have Heimdall. And so it feels like you almost have to like play their game. Like you have to put Heimdall into your roster in case your opponent is playing pay to flips. So you don't just get out muscled on the, on the dice rolls. Do you guys feel that way? Or do am I alone in that like thought process? I haven't taken it to that level yet. I'm not saying you're wrong. It just, yeah, it feels like the same thing. We're back to herbs, except they have three pay to flips in their roster, not one herbs. And so if your opponent's playing, um, and also you take the reality stone too, which means you're succeeding on skulls. And so, although who can take the reality? It's just Thanos and Corvus. Does anybody else get it? I'm sure Malekith will. But yeah, I'm just thinking if you can make like a super really good pay to flip where you're just over checking other people. And that's that's kind of why I'm worried about being the next like strong scenario list. Anyway, could be that's just so, where my brain was going. I think there's I, enough counterplay to Heimdall. He's got everything in range three. If he wants to do it for two points, he's paying four power. He's got to get positioned first. So there's counterplay into that. I haven't actually done it yet, but that's true. So just back unless on... you're with Steve. Yeah, mm, don't tempt me. That's a whole different thing. Um, just back on all these changes and the things that were banned and all that stuff. Like, if you're sitting here looking at that list and your feelings are hurt and you're really like, this is terrible, you're a terrible person, okay? <laughs> like, yeah. you should know that no one wants to play you. And the only way you get games is by spending money to play in a tournament that no one wants to play you. So keep that in mind, douchebag. <laughs> you seem to feel a very specific way about this. I do. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> cool. <laughs> uh, there, there will be people who will be upset about little bits and parts of it. For instance, uh, Space Gem got nerfed. Okay, so you can't play Space Maw. Did was that intentional? Did they want to nerf being able to splash Space Maw somewhere? Um, and was that part of your Brotherhood slash Avengers slash whatever roster that is now on the outs and you feel bad about it? Uh, I don't why, think you're a douchebag. Why can't you play Space Maw? You still can. It's just cost a restricted spot. Yeah. Okay. But the list that you play Space Maw in needs its restricted slots. I would argue. My point is, you might feel bad because you're butt hurt that your favorite list just got nerfed. Uh, however, in the grand scheme of the game, the game is in a better state. Hundred percent. Yeah. No one's gonna argue that. That understands like the actual meta. Um, how about this? Aaron, do you think that the only reason Thanos isn't on the restricted list because they've drawn a line in the sand and said no characters? Uh, yes. I do not think a character will ever hit the restricted list. Okay. Do you think if it wasn't for that hypothetical rule that they should have just done him instead of the Space Stone, do you think the game would be better if Thanos was just restricted straight up? I'd have to think about that for a second. Okay. Jeremy, do you have a thought on either of these questions? Um, just Thanos being restricted. I, I don't think that helps at all. He can be restricted. That's fine. And if the stones aren't restricted, then you just have the same problem you've always had. You just have douchebag Thanos doing Thanos things in any list he wants to. So part of the problem is he still can. Right. You can still do it. You're just giving up other things. Yes. Correct. Whether you uh, restrict one of his stones that he wants to take in the quote-unquote popular build, or you restrict him, you're still just taking one of your restricted spots. Uh, That's you... why I would have I would have even argued that restricting mind and space or doing like Thanos and mind. What I think they did but... was effectively nerf the Black Order splash, not just the Thanos yes. splash. Yes. Mm-hmm. I, I don't have half as much problem now that I, I can actually kill Thanos. I mean, it's still hard, right? Yeah. But before it was damn near impossible. Like So, yeah, the interesting thing for me is you can still do... Mind Stone and re- and uh, Soul Stone and put Thanos in Avengers and have like the unlimited power of Thanos that still has mind control. And that's none of that is restricted. And so I wonder if people are going to try that next because it seems like every time it's reminiscent of old Mark II War Machine. Every time they nerf Thanos or his list in some way, we just see a new, better, refined version of it that mm-hmm. makes it through on efficiency. I would strongly consider Mind Reality in X-Men. Yeah, that's that's also very good. That is good. It plays very nicely. But without, I, I think it's much scarier and much dicier now that you don't have field dressing. It's true. No For field my dressing. Opponent, opponent as well. Yeah, the problem is that you might have needed field dressing. Your opponent absolutely <laughs> needed field yeah, dressing. Yeah, no, you're true. That's true. True, true. Yeah. I've played, I think, about 10 games now without field dressing, preparing for this cycle to happen. And the only games I missed field dressing was when my opponent had it and I didn't. Correct. I actually think the game is more fun without it. Oh, it is. I was one of the biggest proponents of it originally. I was like, finally, we can get past this daze mechanic. (laughs) And then it's just like ruined the game for two years. Like, fuck. No, it's funny without field dressing. You just run your assholes everywhere. Like, you don't worry about that space, too. You're like, they all got to be arranged, too, just in case. Nah, not without. They just go. But tell you what, though, I got real good at pre-positioning for field dressing. <laughs> I, would, I wouldn't even think about it. I'm like, I think looking at people's boards like, why aren't your characters with two of each other, idiot? <laughs> like, like, it's like just yelling at new players. He's like, I yeah. don't understand. Like, they don't even own field dressing. Like, you're so bad. Like, you're going to be yeah, fine. So. You have field dressing. Wait, 
Don't you have field dressing? What's a field dressing? Yeah, what's that? So with the removal of a bunch of healing tech, our attrition teams, quote-unquote, buffed. Uh, it's mostly defensive tech in general, not just necessarily healing. But yes, I think that is probably the case. Um, Because you still have access to the... Except for climbing gear, you have access to all the counter control. But the control lists don't have access to the defense. So I think it it might even the playing field a little bit. I don't know that it's back to fair. So the control teams, I think, are also buffed because of the change to climbing gear, tactical analysis, uh, and indomitable. It's hard to get back to where you were. So who got got, better more? Right. (laughs) The counter control is more limited, but the defense of the control teams is also more limited. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I think it's going to be pretty much status quo on that end. Fair enough. Do either of you guys have any hot takes for uh, what this will do to the meta in the immediate future or in the distant future? Gosh. Immediate future is going to be uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. and uh, Heimdall Avengers uh, with a 75% combined win rate. I think that's actually true, which makes me very unhappy. But I think it's correct. I think grunt characters in general are too strong. Like, parents and grunts are just too strong right now. I think Elektra is balanced... And the other two are just overpowered. I would agree. I agree with that. I, I think Shield is no. <laughs> Electra is not balanced. <laughs> I think Electra is balanced with what Grunt characters should be because of the advantages of the Grunt mechanics. Because I think that both Nick Fury and Daredevil are on the top half, minimum top half, on just being a four point character in a vacuum. If you ignore their leaderships and the fact that they spawn Grunts. If they, you took every reference to grunts and leadership off their sheets, they'd still be above average four-pointers. And then you add on the leaderships, it makes them probably well-tuned, and then you add on the grunt mechanics, and it just goes sideways. Like, they are five-point characters easy. I would argue that Nick Fury is probably a five-and-a-half-point character, maybe even a six. Like, his impact to the game is insane for a four-point character. I think I for a four-point four, four character with his leadership with grunts, yes, he is close to a five. But without any of the grunts or his leadership, he sucks. I don't know that for that's four true. Points? I think he's fine. Ugh. Yeah. I lean towards Jeremy, but there, I think there's a middle ground somewhere. Nick Fury is certainly worse as a standalone four-pointer than Daredevil is. I agree. But I think they're close enough. I don't think people realize how bad the whole of four-point characters are. And if we're just going to accept that we're going to power creep the meta by producing better characters now than we ever had before to that. We decide that's the new balanced part of the game we want. That's fine, but we haven't gotten to that point yet where we've left all these other characters behind. Like what is a better four point character than Nick Fury and daredevil? Uh, Black Panther vision, black Swan. I don't think black Panther affects the game on the scale of either of them with or without leaderships with all their kit. Okay. I can't really compare them with the leaderships, but well, they don't always get... Nick Fury specifically doesn't always get taken in S.H.I.E.L.D. Daredevil's more consistently taken in Criminals. But I know you've played him using Kingpin's leadership. Usually when I needed a four-pointer and didn't right. have another one on my roster. I don't think I would ever would have done that otherwise. Right, because but... why would you take another four-pointer when you already have Daredevil? Like, he's fine. Even if he's not doing the strategy you want necessarily, he's still fine. Because he's so good. What exactly were we... What exactly he doesn't control about? anything. Sure, like, he has a weakness. I understand that. But, like, all four-pointers have weaknesses. Some have more than one. <laughs> yeah. Are we talking from, like, Wolverine to Thanos power level? Is that 
the scale here, or... What do you mean? Well, Wolverine would be zero. Thanos <laughs> would be ten. Oh, like, like, <laughs> Wolverine's not the same. <laughs> there's worse four-pointers than Wolverine. Uh, there's better Gamora. two-pointers than Wolverine. Gamora is worse than Wolverine, and she's gotten an update. <laughs> oh, I don't know, man. Okay, so what was the, what was the topic here? What the fuck were we talking about? I got lost. I well, we we just started talking about um, characters, and I said the grunt characters. Were oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Here. here, I'm gonna I'm gonna try four four threat characters. I think it's hard to get better than Black Panther straight up for four points. Man. Black Panther is very good, but I think both of the new parent grunt characters, except for Electra, Electra is definitely worse. But I think both Nick Fury and Daredevil are better. Than Black Panther, the Dude. amount of game impact the grunts generate is so huge, and I don't think people are are like talking about it. Like the number of missions having a grunt turns on its head on the first turn, correct? Is crazy. I agree. I don't think Daredevil's grunts change the mission almost at all. I think they do. Can they go pick it up, throw it to somebody at the same turn? Their greatest utility is in saving one power turn one. Right, so they they can pick up the 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 back point, hand it to somebody. Yeah, but they can also go get a middle point, and admittedly, they're easy to kill. But if you're walking up and shooting them, you're not getting in range to pick up the token generally, and so you can still go get the token with another character, and they've wasted activations and tempo and positioning trying to get the fucking token away from you. Uh, but they've also given away two power by letting them kill the grunts. Uh, I think if, if you the ever... ranged attack is a gain is a builder, sure. Yeah, or or even a gainer. You're right. Yes. Um, bottom line, I think Fury's grunts are much more uh, scenario and game impacting than Daredevils. Daredevils absolutely. His make me give so mad. Extra <laughs> dice to his attack, and that's it. What'd you say, Jeremy? Oh, his uh, Furies just make me so mad. The, the they make me furious. Stupid. Yeah. And what makes me even matter is when I'm playing Parker, he has no idea how good they actually are. <laughs> Yeah. He like He's goes like, and does it. And Why are you upset? It's like, cause that grunt is worth more than one of my three point characters or four at the time. Like, what are you going to do? My biggest concern with all these changes is the, uh, the hit to black order makes the natural predator to all these grunts worse. That's true. Well, I think there, we're going to see the, the full black order build is going to have a not eight point Thanos in it. And so I think that's going to be what keeps them in check is that there's like a six point or maybe a seven point Thanos running around that changes the math because now you're not selling out for the list. You're just taking him as a bruiser. Yeah, I can see that. I'd be interested to see how much how prevalent it is in the meta. But the, the more Thanos led Black Order there is, the less you can afford to run shield. Uh, in a game impactful way. Like, otherwise, your yeah. runs just need to run to the back corner. Yeah. And even if they do, they'll probably still get killed at some point, because Proxima will just go chase them down. Here, can I just sort by four points on my phone? Is Gamora the worst four-point model? Are we still on no. that? She's not. Mm. There's, She's certainly not great, but I don't think she's the worst. Who, who's the um, worst? I, I would probably argue Hela or Cyclops. Aaron, do you believe either of those are the worst? I'm gonna have to look here in a second. Uh, Cyclops is dog shit. Uh, like so, <laughs> Hawkeye legitimately is a better character than Cyclops. Uh, when you said them, it didn't seem wrong. <laughs> that felt pretty good. Here, I mean, I can just read down the list of four point characters, and you guys can stop me when there's one better than the two grunt parents. Oh, better. And we don't count Elektra. Yeah, the one that's better. And I don't think I don't think Black Panther is. Well, you're wrong. 
but that's okay. <laughs> I think Black okay, Panther is a great fucking character. Don't get me wrong. Like, if they're, we're talking about the three best four-pointers, he's on the list of the top three. <laughs> so, him, Fury, and Daredevil, according to you? Yes. <laughs> so, it, it all comes down to what do you want the four-pointer to do? So, you can't ever say best or worst in a vacuum. Sure. Well, well, that's I'm saying that if you add in all the stuff they do in a generic game, assuming not assuming what allies you have, I think that that's what we're talking about. And yeah, the mission will change it. Everything's going to change it. When I think of generic best slash worst, I think of a uh, a, a random uh, affiliation that is just trying to generically do well. Let's call it Guardians uh, or okay. Avengers. Like, who would you splash into a generic roster? And that's, I guess, how I think of uh, generic good slash bad. I don't know. That, I think that's even kind of tilted because you're thinking of a character you can apply, like, rerolls to that is going to help the Guardians characters. But I understand how you're, like, reaching for just quality in general. I understand yeah. that. Isn't Electra the worst? Didn't we decide that? Uh, I think the Grunts put her on par with most of them. She she has some serious flaws. But let me, let me explain something to you. Um, also, let's pick a character here. Um, Carnage has some flaws too, as good as he is. It's like Cyclops is dog shit. Have you read Cyclops's card? <laughs> yes, I have. I played it in the last two months, man. Imagine that you had, you know, like Black Panther, right? And you removed all the good stuff from his card okay. and replaced it with bad stuff. All right. That's Cyclops. Hmm. That sounds bad. So, reading through the entire list of fours, I can find a legitimate reason to play all of them except about four. And I think that's good. Well, yeah, I'm not saying that they're unusable garbage. I'm yep. just saying that I think we the last four pointers to come out, like Black Swan, the Grunt Parents, have, have been on a different tier than the four pointers we've seen in the past. And maybe that has been that they looked at the data and said four pointers don't get taken unless they're leaders. And so they want to up the numbers and the, the effectiveness on the table to make them feel more impactful. Because I know in Kansas City, our meta for a long time has been, you don't take a four-pointer unless you're your fucking leader. Like, that's just been the way we played the game for, like, two years. That, I mean, if that's what they're doing, so good. I support it. Yeah, I think four-pointers have been pretty lackluster for a long time. Threes are great, fives are great, fours are just meh. Yeah. Wolverine is Wolverine. <laughs> I'm never going to understand why you hate Wolverine so much. <sighs> it's because he's terrible. Mm-hmm. All right, what else is on our updates here? What 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 other things are newsworthy? Where are we going here? Uh, moving on, they have officially announced the thing that got leaked earlier this year, which is the Winter Guard are coming. Uh, the Winter Guard are a um, Marvel hero question mark team. Uh, see, this is why Parker's mm. supposed to be here. Mm. Um, after the fall of the USSR... Um, the newly formed Russia decided they needed their own heroic team to rival the Americans. Jesus Christ. They merged with the People's Protectorate <laughs> with the Cy Cyber Force, which is the Siberian, like, military. Huh. Uh, they became the Winter Guard. Cool. Those Joseph cool. Petkus, who was the Red Guardian at the time, became the leader, known as the Steel Guardian. Uh, alongside Darkstar, the Vanguard, and Cybercat. Vostok and Fantasia and Power Surge, they formed this team. Uh, the characters that have been spoiled are the Red Guardian, which people might remember from Marvel's Black Widow. Um, we have Darkstar, who is some kind of energy manipulator. Um, and then we have Ursa Major, who is a giant grizzly bear looking creature. Uh, and then the Crimson Dynamo, which is um, 
was repurposed as the bad guy in Iron Man 1. Um, or no, that was Iron Monger. That was a different guy. Crimson Dynamo is just Russian Iron Man, I guess. Good, Jeremy. How anyway. excited are you for this? Well, you know, I'm not as excited about this as I am for what? The North Korean heroes, which will be released <laughs> next month. Um, I Seriously, I, I <laughs> not only am I not excited about uh, those models or the ideas behind them or any of that shit, they also look like crap. Personally, I don't like them at all. So in at this point, I'm on the sliding scale of unless it's Doom, it gets less than a five. <laughs> and so until that is fixed, that's going to be the case. Now, that okay. being said, these guys get a solid three. <laughs> so just understand that their, their cap is five out of ten. Okay. Yeah. And so that, that I would definitely put them at a three. They look like they're going to be fun to play with. I like energy attackers in general, like people that throw energy blasts. Um, the big grizzly bear and the big robot seem fun, and then Red Guardian's just going to be obviously anti-Captain America, which is going to be fucking awesome. I think the whole, Hopefully, the, whole, the whole robot team is definitely on the horizon. Yeah, the Iron Suit team is definitely coming. Uh, and the Armor Wars are coming around the corner as the uh, Disney Plus show, which is going to be oh. great. And so hopefully we'll have a Power Armor team by then. That I can go for. I'm into that. Yeah. Cool. Anybody else have anything? You stoked about that, about Aaron? You're really card? digging it. You, Aaron, you really enjoy you seem that. Excited. <laughs> I could uh, care less. I'm agnostic. Um, <laughs> I shot my whole load of Malekith, and I'm just waiting for August. Mm-hmm. Alrighty. Uh, so let's move on. The last thing we're going to kind of talk about today is the fact that uh, Atomic Mass Games officially released their event packet, which is known as the Challenger Rules. Challenger. Um, we're just going to hit the broad strokes on this. We'll talk about the different points. Um, so, uh, opening this up here, we've kind of just briefly skimmed it because it came out today. Um, player responsibilities. Players are supposed to bring their miniatures. Uh, it covers the rules for how you can modify your miniatures. Basically, don't do anything that would make them not obviously identifiable as the exact characters they're supposed to be in the game. And obviously, you can't change their base size. Uh, you have to bring cards, dice, measuring tools, tokens, and a copy of your roster to all events. Um, this is all pretty basic stuff. This is just like, you know, common sense rules here for the most part. Uh, they have a section on sportsmanship. Uh, basically, don't treat your opponent like garbage, and they should not treat you like garbage. Um, be respectful and don't be an idiot. Um, Jeremy, you were talking earlier about this missed opportunity section. Uh did you read that, or did you just say missed opportunities and skim it? Um, I skimmed it and didn't read okay. it all, but it's basically says pay attention, and if yeah. it matters, uh, you're going to be in trouble, and if it doesn't really matter, move on. Yeah, so basically what this says is you're responsible for using your abilities at the proper time in the game and resolving effects in a proper way. Uh, so you can't retroactively go backwards and do things that have happened in the past, but you should also give your opponent the proper amount of time to trigger their abilities or acknowledge that they're going to or not use their responses. Uh, Margin of error, they say that it's expected that there's going to be some bumping or sliding of tokens and things throughout the game, Um, and then specific rules for how you should resolve that is in here. Unsportsmanlike conduct, this is kind of like the first important thing for me. Uh, What happens when you are acting outside of what the the community would expect you to and like you know basically being rude or condescending or just like straight cheating in a game um 
they talk about like fast rolling dice and things like that here. So I'm glad that they've acknowledged that like, these are things that, you know, can be considered uh, punishable by either warnings or um, other punishments in the game. Um, and then event organizer responsibilities. This is basically for me because I'm going to be running all the fucking events now, apparently. Uh, event rules. Uh, so if you're changing the event rules from what the basics are, you need to inform all the players in advance. Um, they suggest using a Swiss round timer, which is just an overall round timer. But they say that you should not inform the players of the remaining time in the rounds, and you should use a variable round length, which you, means you can add up to five minutes at random to the round timer. So that way players can't just set a clock when you start the round. Um, do you guys think that there's any like importance to the random game length? Do you think that adds anything to the normal round timer? Do, would you rather this number not be public knowledge? No. And here's why. So you'd rather you would rather it be public. Absolutely. So okay. people uh, inherently have a bias where they don't. No one ever thinks they take as much time as they do. You could say, "Hey, start your turn, that. right?" And uh, how long did that take you? Oh, it took me about three minutes. Actually, it took you twelve. Right. Yes. So they are always going to think they have more time available. And so if you're talking about clock pressure in general, uh, existing to uh, can keep up the tempo of the game. Uh, hiding the clock timer is not going to accomplish that goal. Yeah, I agree. My, uh, or Jeremy, what, do you have any opinions on this before I go? Um, I do. I, I think it's very strange that back in the day in, in 40K, they used to do that too, but it was a different kind of thing. Um, they would have a timer on you roll the D6, and if you got a 5, the game was over. Randomly. Yeah. Like, you're like, oh, okay, I only played three turns. That's fun. Like why do I'm not sure why everyone thinks it's so much goddamn fun to not know how long your game is supposed to take, like for whatever yeah. timer slash reasoning. It's so weird. I'm against it. So I can tell you from being an event organizing in general for like the last 15 years, uh, this is done so people don't know how long is left in the round specifically to avoid some issues that come up with like slow playing and playing for advantage and manipulating the clock and excuse me in general. Uh, that being said, I don't think it's ever a good idea to make the, the clocks not public knowledge. Um, it creates more issues than it fixes, in my opinion. That being said, I think it's fairly, you know, semantic. Like, I don't know that the difference of having public knowledge timer and non-public knowledge timer really changes anything. The reason I want the timer to be public knowledge is that so people know that they need to hurry because it's an out of sight, out of mind problem. At Adepticon, most of the games didn't get to turn three because people could not visibly see the timers and had no idea that all an hour was already gone after round one. So they're not playing with any urgency, which one of the biggest advantages of playing on a chess clock is that it adds urgency. You can glance over constantly and see your clock and you know, oh, I've used half my time and we're only on turn two. I need to play faster. Um... It doesn't fix the problem of having imbalance and time taken throughout the game, which is unfortunate, which is the biggest problem with just overall timed rounds. Um, what they suggest for what happens when the timer goes off, though, is you finish the current game round and then score it, which I think is probably the only option you have if you're going to use round timer. Because if you end the, the turn in the or you end the round in the middle of the, the round and you haven't finished all the activations... You don't have a true representation of what happened to that round, so I don't think you can fairly score it. Perfect example, like, I have one model left to activate, 
And all they need to do is walk to here to score the researcher, and I score four points. And that would make me win the game. But instead, I lost an activation because my opponent didn't finish their turn before the round timer went off, and I could take my simple activation of advancing twice. And so I would end up losing the game versus them winning the game. So it's not a fair representation of the round, so you couldn't realistically score it. And so if the round timer were to go off in the middle of a round, that round would basically be void and you'd only score the previous rounds. And so that's the only other option you have, is you you finish the current round or you only score rounds before this one. So that being said, I think the smart the only way you can logically do that is resolve the remaining round. Now the problem is if you're not using any kind of clock or timer, that round could take an hour to finish. Like what happens when you just started turn four and nobody's dead yet? Like this is going to be one quarter of the game. Like, and we've already used 90 minutes. Like, what are you supposed to do? This is going to take fucking forever. And so I, I think this is obviously a terrible idea. I think chess clocks or ra- or turn timers is the only way to do it. Uh, the fact that they're completely against timers, I don't understand. Um, it just doesn't work in my opinion. So that's my rant. Um, do you guys ha- disagree with anything I said? Would you like to, to battle me about timers? No. I will add a caveat that uh, I just started playing on clocks in War Machine about five years ago, and it was daunting at the beginning. So I understand trying to make a game more accommodating uh, being anti-clock. Having said that, uh, I am now very pro-clock for every reason you stated. I have never had somebody start using a chess clock and then go back. Like, once you get accustomed to it, nobody will ever want to go back. It's always a better game. The game is cleaner, it's faster, it's more efficient, and it's more fair. No argument for me. All right. Uh, Moving on. um, Pairings. uh, They explain basically how the buy works. In this uh, format, you will receive 14 victory points for receiving the buy. The buy is random in the first round, and then the lowest ranked player who has not received a buy gets the buy in future rounds. Um, It also uh, covers what happens if a player wants to leave the event or drop... um, Basically, you notify the the event organizer. Uh, they do specify that the event organizer can apply penalties to people who do drop, such as uh, forfeiting any possible prizes. Damn right. I think they should enact punishments. I I actually don't like when people drop from the events, um, but I think that kind of I don't know. It's kind of weird. Personally, I think you should not be you should not be a eligible for any prize if you drop from it that's always been my personal opinion that being said if it's an exceptionally long event once once basically we get to around round three or four okay we're now accepting drops at no penalty but yeah whatever that's one thing that's nice about tournaments that have a cut i mean it kind of works mm-hmm. that way too like it's like yeah go it's, do it's, something else you basically force everyone yeah. to drop yeah um they cover breakdowns on how many players to, should have certain top cuts I'm a big fan of top cuts in Marvel specifically because of the high RNG factor of the dice and the the mission selection and everything. Think like the concept that it's basically double elimination is really nice. So I'll interrupt you for one one quick second. Um, Come at me. Just to go back to the the overall changes, something you said just triggered a thought. Um, the healing cards that used to exist in the game served as a balance to the variance in the game in in many ways. Now that balance is gone, I'm just interested to see if the game is going to become even more swingy with uh, with dazing characters left or right um, than it has been in the past. So me and Jeremy had this conversation several times in the past, and 
that was kind of my thought process on the healing cards and his opinion i believe at the time was it actually doesn't go to balance it because if if one player is already ahead the healing cards just make it harder for your opponent to dig out of the hole because like they come up they hit you for four and you're like med back and you're like well shit now i'm still completely behind and don't have an answer um so generally what happens is the game comes down to who can leverage field dressing the most um and without field dressing in the game it's more kind of up to natural selection and with that in play i think the games will still be swingy but i think they were fairly swingy before I don't know that I don't think it's going to be more swingy than it is right now. Fair enough, and maybe swingy is the wrong word, but what I, what I think I mean is you could always plan on being able to accomplish X or try to accomplish X with these two models, because uh, if they did damage to you, you'd be able to med pack it, or you'd be able to field dress them and still get your activation. Now you may not have an activation with character X because they just get dazed before you go, and you have nothing to do about it. Uh, there's no more sacrifice if you didn't bring a bodyguard. There's a field dressing. Um, so your ability to execute whatever strategy you wanted uh, is lessened. I guess that's what I mean. And so instead of just swinging dice, uh, the strategic decision may be taken away from you, which could be a good thing. It's going to force you to be more responsive on your feet. Uh, I don't know. It's just a random thought I had. Yeah. Uh, so moving on, they have end of match conditions. Uh, the possibilities are one player has achieved a victory, and then obviously what happens... Um, if neither player has achieved a victory, both players are given a draw. Uh, concession, uh, one player voluntarily concedes the match to their opponent. Uh, con- conceding the match re- results in you losing and your opponent receives a win and 14 victory points or their current total, whichever is greater. Um, additionally, um, collusion between the two players is not permitted. And if anyone observing the game or a watcher believes that they are attempting to manipulate the scoring system... Uh, both players should be either given a warning or ejected from the event. Um, and then finally, draw. If neither player play, wishes to play the game, uh, they can decide to draw, and in which case both players are awarded a draw. Um, event points. This is pretty standard for all tournament systems. You get three points for a win, one point for a draw, zero points for a loss. Uh, they cover tiebreakers. Tiebreakers are in the following. Strength of schedule, victory points scored, and then random. And so those are the three different levels for determining ranking at the end of the event um strength of schedule is uh opponent's win rate and the um that's basically it it's opponent's win rate basically so if your opponents um win a match they get the number of victory points or the number of tournament points they would receive would be three just like we just talked about so if you play three opponents one goes undefeated so they go three zero and one goes two and one and one goes one and two the total number of points scored, one. the first person scores 9, second person scores 6, third person scores 3. So you'd have a total of 18 points, and then there's some math that goes into it. You basically divide it by the number of rounds, and that gives you a final result score. And then you compare your strength of schedule score to uh, everyone else's strength of schedule score. Um, because it's by win rate, not total wins, you're not punished if your opponents drop. And so if your opponent wins a game loses you and then drops they have a 50 percent win rate which is what's going to go into determining your overall strength of schedule so it's actually totally fine if your opponent drops in fact it's better if they drop than they go on and keep losing (laughs) that in fact hurts you a lot more but less good than had they gone on and won so it's all a crapshoot yeah less than if they had won all righty um personally i think that victory points should be replaced with opponent strength of schedule 
that's I think a truer way to determine how well you did at the event. Victory points is a complete fallacy, and because some missions have different scoring quantities and point differentials, and if you're not using a chess clock, some games are ending on earlier rounds, it's a mess. Like, victory points should never go into the final metric of how you did at the event. Concur. Um, some, an odd thing I saw here is that um, they actually, um, in a roundabout way, disallow two-dimensional terrain at their events. I've never played with two-dimensional terrain for Marvel, but I actually think it would work great. Um, but I just am not interested in trying it because I actually like the three-dimensional train. Uh, but officially, um, two-dimensional train is not allowed at their events. This is this is clearly somebody never liked the two-dimensional train <laughs> at, for a war machine that got used. And I'm wondering if it's Pagani because he never seemed to like flat train. Um, so yeah, I'm just kind of curious. I wonder who it is. How many events has AMG actually put on for Marvel? Zero. Ah, uh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, that's not that's not really fair to to yell at them for it because uh, well actually that's probably not true. Um, was no because the Adepticon was going to be the first one they went to, right, Jeremy? The Adepticon we were going to go to. Yeah, I believe so. The one that got canceled. I'm pretty sure it was actually. So I actually think they've never run an official AMG sanctioned event because the first one was going to be the Adepticon that was the April after the game came out, and the game came out in October. And so, yeah, I'm pretty sure that uh, they've never actually run an official sanctioned event. But when they do, it won't have flat terrain. No flat terrain. Clearly. Well, because Asmodee will not not allow them to travel because they still have a ban on uh, Asmodee employees or affiliates going to conventions or any public event, I believe, because of COVID. That's 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 what I was told at Adepticon. But they also got COVID anyway. (laughs) <laughs> they also got COVID anyway, so who the fuck cares? If true, that's a valid excuse. Yeah, no, it's fine. Yeah, I don't, I don't care. They haven't got it's. It's unfortunate because we haven't gotten to see them, but I, you know, I understand. Uh, they've also added a new role to the event organizers called the Watcher. Um, I think it's funny that they're called the Watchers because uh, there are Watchers in Marvel. Um, basically, it's either the event organizer or anyone nominated by the event organizer prior to the event to be a Watcher. The Watcher is not allowed to play in an event, and they're basically like a, um, a rule spectator. They can um, observe games if there's a dispute or a sportsmanship issue, if there's anything like that, or just observing a game for game state or um, legality of stuff or judge calls, anything like that. They're basically the rules judges of the event. And so if any reason there's an issue... The watchers can observe the games or watch players that are having issues or give out warnings and eject players. Oh, there's also a head watcher. In case you have so many watchers, you need a watcher boss. <laughs> yeah. This seems very um, uh, formal and very organized, like they almost want to have events now, right? Yeah. It's almost. Like, almost. Uh, you might even say this is like a competitive rules packet. Watch your mouth, you son of a bitch. You should have been. You shut. Uh, this is kind of awkward because we've been trying to review the community rules packet for the last three episodes. Thank God we didn't. Up. Yeah. No, I, I'm still definitely, like, if I run an event, I'm using the community packet. This packet has some issues. I love that they finally released it, though. And it's not as complete trash as I expected. It's actually good. The only real issue is the timing. That's the only real problem. Victory points is so-so. It only really matters for placing, which is whatever. The problem is that for placing, you have to deal with, um, like, if you're cutting, placing is super important. 
And so if it ever goes to victory points on something like that, that's fucking stupid. Like, if you end up not making cut at an event because you played Montessi three rounds in a row, like, come on. Anyway. You would make it known that that happened to you if it happens. Oh, I have to make it very clear. <laughs> uh, so, do you guys have any thoughts about this? Any likes, dislikes, opinions? Uh, the, the packet? Yeah. Oh, there is one thing I want to bring up before I forget. Uh, they have officially um, conceded that you can replace anything that they produce with other things, as long as it's the appropriate size and shape and is recognizable. Wait, you mean model? What do you mean? Uh, tokens, templates, measuring devices. Um, for models... I'm like... There's a lot of those out there. The the models have to be made up of a majority of Atomic okay. Mass Games miniatures parts. Okay. But you can use... It doesn't have to be from the original miniature, I believe. Okay. So yeah, you can't use like a three full 3D print, but you could like use 3D printed parts and stuff on gotcha. models. So I, I think this whole packet is completely irrelevant. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I like how we went through it. It's like, yeah, yeah, it's totally irrelevant. Like, are you going to use round timers? No. Okay. No. Um, Are you going to make your round timer secret? No. <laughs> Are you going to roll random dice to determine the round timer? No. <laughs> Are you ever going to use fucking victory points as a tiebreaker? No. So if there's some people out there who uh, are not used to running tournaments and uh, are looking forward to this packet and are like, this is awesome, now it shows me how to do it, then great. Two Fine. thumbs up. Yeah. Um, so I'm not no opposed to this packet? This. Yeah. yeah. There's no problem with this at like an eight-person local tournament. There's no problem with this. The problem is when you break like 12 to 16 players, round timers start getting wonky. Or if you just have that guy in your local area that is really slow at playing, he just ruins every one of his opponent's games because they don't get to play the game. And that's not fair. And so if you don't have any of those people, it doesn't matter. But if you don't have any of those people, you also don't need a rules packet. Like, it doesn't matter. Because if everyone there is just having a good time and like being considerate, it's not an issue. Where you write the rules to stop the dirt bags from ruining your games. Like, half of this packet explains what happens if your opponent threatens your life. <laughs> like, that's literally <laughs> a bullet point in the fucking packet. Like, come on. Like, we're not writing this to stop Jeremy from saying, I don't like herbs. I mean, what they really needed to do is put another uh, sheet at the end of it and call it, you know, alternate tournaments. You know, A, plan for skins. You, you nominate one of your models. <laughs> Right? Yeah, the anti-rule. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't think I'll ever use this packet, but I think it's good that it exists. It's a good jumping off point, and it gives a good a lot of general guidelines on how they want their stuff done. Uh, I think the most important thing in this entire packet is the token section, where, where they say you can replace non-essential tokens as long as they're replaced with tokens of the correct size. That's the most important single thing in this entire thing. I think the fact that it exists... It's pretty important, being that they said they'd never make something like that. <laughs> How dare you? I don't know. I said it. Jeremy, it's a whole new timeline. I said it. That was, dude, that was like, that was like yesterday. <laughs> I'm going to get a t-shirt made up that just says head watcher on it, and I'm just going to walk around in public. <laughs> You're like, what the fuck's wrong with him? <laughs> I just think that the timer thing was the hill that uh, Bacani's going to die on. Like, no matter what happens... It's never going to get put in a packet that you can use a fucking chest See, timer. I don't know. I'm I'm halfway between either Pagani doesn't give a shit, and it's like Will Schick doing it. I don't know why. And, but it's like, Pagani's just never going to say either way if it's him or somebody else that's like, yeah. has PTSD over it. But somebody, oh. clearly, 
was not happy with stuff that happened in the War Machine community. They were vehemently against it mm-hmm. and they hated every second of it. And then conveniently, about a year later, they all left the company. So maybe it's all of them. Who knows? <laughs> it's, I think it's funny. It like, is. I, I, it's, it really makes me it, laugh. It's a hill to die on on somebody's. In somebody's. Yeah. Like they're fucking They like, did not like no way. fucking proxy bases. They did not like pre-measuring. <laughs> they did not like fucking chess clock. You know what? They hated every moment of it. Fine. And We're going to go get our own game. <laughs> Yeah, we'll make our own <laughs> game without all this competitiveness. Like, like it's just funny. Anyway, uh, I think that's pretty much going to wrap up our uh, our news episode. Uh, did you guys enjoy it? Did you have anything else you want to talk about before we wrap it up? All right. So with with what's going on, what are you planning on playing, Brandon? Uh, I'm still playing on playing the thing I've been playing for a bit now, which is the Convocation of Wizards. How's that going? Uh, however, instantly when the when this dropped, I literally was like on the toilet. I'm like, okay, okay, read the banner restricted list, cool. Go to list, delete herbs, delete juggernaut. <laughs> wow, this list is better. Uh yeah. So how's Blade doing? Is he is he is he making it Blade's happen? Blade's pretty for good. You? Uh it definitely works. Um he's not coming out of the list anytime soon. Yeah. Uh but I was trying to make I was trying to take somebody out before, and the problem was Juggernaut was kind of eating up one of my important slots because Convocation actually rotate in a lot of different characters in their different list builds. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not just like a core five characters that they only play with. And so, or at least my list is. So opening up that character slot, but more importantly, like two Tactus card slots. Very nice. Um, so currently I'm planning on adding... Um, I'm going to put in the books of Cogliostro because I really want to activate Strange twice, which seems fun. It does seem good. Um... And I was thinking about adding another two-pointer because I really like Wong, but I might just add in another four-pointer, and that way I can just take Wong out and put in another four-pointer. Because Blade's nice, but Blade's not always great. He's just good a lot of the time. Can you get Daredevil so you um, get the dudes that die? Uh, no, I refuse to abuse the grunts. I really don't like the way they work, but um, I've thought about it a couple times. Uh, so my other options are primarily Ancient One and Enchantress. Um, you should play Ancient either One. one. Do you think so? Uh, only because you haven't. That's true. Have you played her, Aaron? Uh, I did in the three weeks I was playing Convocation. Uh, I was not impressed, but it was still a very small sample size. Yeah, I just feel like if I was going to play Ancient One, it feels like she's just boring. Because she just kind of sits on a point and like beats a single person. And I'm like, yeah, if I wanted to do that, I would play like, I don't know, a number of other characters. I've always, but I like was always concerned with her dragging people in close to her. I'm like, I don't want people close to me for Christ's <laughs> sake. Well, she has martial artist, is why. Well, I uh, get it, but I mean, <laughs> I don't. Well, but also, just like webline, you can push people through you. So if there's, if we're fighting over a point and yeah. you attack me, I push you off the point. Yeah, that's true. They go through. And you. so yeah. if you attack me with your second action, you're not on the point anymore. Yeah, and that's a problem. Uh, so you basically li- are limited in the number of times you can attack her every round. She has Martial Artist. She has the ability to reroll her defense dice. She gets extra power every turn. Um, and she can place herself. So she's got movement efficiency. Okay. Um, and she has a really big, big attack. She has a she has the same basic as Blade, except that his also does bleed. Um, and she's a 2-3-5. So on your book's turn, she's almost impossible to kill. With two free rerolls. Yeah, with the two rerolls plus martial artist. Mm. Although martial artist doesn't work on mystic. Yeah, no mystic. Cool. I think she's good. 
Yeah, I think she's good too. It's not like I think she's bad. I just don't think she's fun to play with, but I should probably give her a try. Yeah. Well, Jeremy, what about this whole update gets you excited? Um, I'm just excited that other people are having to dive into an assortment of tactics cards, and I don't have to worry about herbs anymore. I'm glad to see that shit go. Um, I think it's hilarious that now people have to decide whether they're taking Indomitable or not. Uh, I, I think the world is just a crazy world. I'm excited to play in. It doesn't matter what I play. Like, I, I'm, I've been enjoying Steve Avengers a lot, um, because of obvious Steve is, of you know, Steve. But the other side of the table is what I find the most amazing and fun, is I'm like, I know what, you, what kind of tools you've got now. And they're not the silly shit that you had before. Like, what do you do? What what can you take? So that's what I think is cool. It doesn't really matter that much. Um, I got some shit painted, so I'm actually going to try uh, Hulkbuster in Avengers, I believe. Um, I just want to put that model on the table. It seems really cool. Other than that, I don't know. Cool. Hulkbuster is really fun to play with. Seems like it. Seems cool. Everybody's used it against me. I'm like, God damn it, that thing goes far. Like, shoot yeah. you, move his away. Kit, uh, his kit feels so intuitive and clean. Like, it, it, like, it always does what you want it to do. Yeah. It's so good. It's one of the best design models I've played with. Alrighty. Uh, well, that's going to wrap it up for us today. Hopefully you guys had a good time. This has been Brandon. Jeremy. And Aaron. And you've just listened to The Gang Splits the Timeline. So what are we going to call this thing? Uh, I got it. Okay. Incredible, new, fantastic, astonishing, mighty, original uncanny sensational podcast i'm just gonna put down infamous all right oh, did it fucking did it again all the behind the scenes shit yeah shut up this god is, uh... damn it behind the curtain man yeah, this is what we call the pre-ramble. This goes immediately after the episode. And then what we record after the episode will go after the pre-ramble as the post-ramble. And so, Fucking blowing my mind. We're talking, we're talking from the future right now. This is after we've recorded the episode. I have listened to the entire thing many times, so I'm aware. Hey, so you know that this is where we say how good of an episode it was. <laughs> it was superb. It was so good. So, okay. Peaky Blinders. I'm. Have you watched it, Aaron? Peaky Blinders. Watch what? Peaky Blinders. Okay. Um. The only reason to watch it. There's only one reason. Tom Hardy. If he wasn't in there, I would be like. He keeps me on the line. I'm like, maybe they're gonna show him this episode, and I. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, no, maybe this. Okay, here he is. It's Alfie Solomon, right? Oh my God, he's so good. Yes, so good, so good. Every scene he's in, he steals it. He steals that show. So good. That's been my goal with COVID is to entirely watch um, one through six. I'm on season five now. I almost made it. Oh, so did you get to the loading dock scene yet? Um, yes, I got to all that. That was a good scene. Yeah. I yep. love that. So I told Brandon he needs to watch the movie The Blood of Heroes. I'll tell you the same hmm. thing. Oh, what is it? Who is it? What is that? I don't know what that is. Uh, it's, it's Rucker a... Howard from the 80s. <laughs> and it's basically rollerball meets blood bowl. <laughs> 
is he the Punisher in it? Yes. Uh, Fuck yes. I won't spoil it. You should just watch it. Okay, all this bullshit aside, what was it called again? <laughs> the, the Blood of Heroes. Is it new? God, no. no. It's from the 80s. <laughs> Rucker <Jesus>. Hauer. <laughs> Are you being serious? Am I supposed to actually watch it, or are you fucking with me? I think he wants you to watch it, but I, I'm, I don't plan to. <laughs> Do not troll me. Do not troll me with movies, goddammit. Yeah. So I, I will watch it, yes. Uh, once I every recommend... 10 years. It's a, good, it's, a, it's a good watch every 10 years. <laughs> yeah. I personally like uh, Robot Jocks, which is the same basic premise, but with, uh, with Battle of X. And Hugh Jackman's in it. I mean, hey. Well, that's real no, steel. that's real steel. No, <laughs> How come there's too many stupid the fucking 80s? movies like that? Never mind. If Hugh Jackman's in it and not in it, I'm out. Hugh Jackman's on both mine and my wife's Laminated 5, so anything he's in, we're down for. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. That's why Tom Hardy's on my list, okay. too. <laughs> Just put Tom Hardy on the list. Does he have to have syphilis, or can it be syphilis-free Tom Hardy? He doesn't have syphilis in it. He just has like some sort of Does cancer. Huh? Uh, it's just, cancer. Just face and body cancer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it turns out it's just like a cancer or something. But he can't be killed. There's no way he's gone. Like I have two seasons left, and he better fucking be in them. I better IMDb that before I waste my time. There was like three separate times I thought he was dead for sure. Then he comes back. Oh yeah. You're like, how is this fucker still in the show? He's one of the most gnarly human beings ever, saying the most insane shit with the most emphasis on oh he's so good yeah so spoilers um uh the main character of peaky blinders who i guess is based on a real person i don't i think it's dramatized but yeah no the peaky blinders were like real people uh but anyway so uh main character shows up to kill him because he basically like almost got his son killed Mm -hmm. and uh so he shows up to shoot him and like literally like like takes the gun and is like fucking shoot me you coward. Yeah. <laughs> Talks him out of shooting him by screaming shoot me you coward. Oh man. Yeah. That's awesome. So did you get to the end of season 4? Did you get that far? I think so. I I'm did on you get, the season wh- Did you get to the mafia? The, the Italian mafia? Yeah, the, when the mafia yes. shows up. Okay, yes. that's season 4. That's season yeah. 4. Yeah, I started 5 and I think I quit okay. through somewhere in 5. I got to the one where he's like out in the field and there's like a scarecrow. I don't know if you've gotten to this point. No, I don't know anything about that. Okay. All right. That's, That's I think the last episode I saw. You'll remember, you'll know it when you see it. Okay. Yeah. It's very, the thing is, is that the whole show is, it kind of breaks down to the same shit every time. And again, Tom Hardy breaks it up because he's so nuts and amazing. Yeah. Like, you just don't know. Like, it just spirals out. Like, bottle rockets into space when he's on there. Yeah. Like, you don't know where it's going. Everything else is like, he finds some chick, he bangs them for some sort of profit and benefit. And then all of a sudden, everyone wants to kill him. They, You think that they're going to kill him. Somehow, he slips out, and it's all his plan all along. And you're like, what? <laughs> Every season seems to be that. I keep trying to watch, uh, what is it? Uh, Obi-Wan? I keep trying to watch that. Obi-Wan? I was about to watch the new episode before we started, and then I decided not to, because I'd be late. I can't seem to... do. What did you say, Aaron? I said we're through four. Yeah. Are you guys liking it? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Every time I sit down to watch it, my kids come barreling downstairs, or like, I'm like, well, I just need to finish up this one guy, and I stop paying attention for just a minute, and I'm lost. I I gotta (laughs) just sit down and watch it. I'm definitely more excited for new episodes of The Boys than I am for new episodes of The One. Oh, my God. The boys is so nuts. It's so good. 
Aaron, do you watch The Boys? I do not. Okay. Uh, very, do you know the very, premise? Nope. I am super unhip. Just keep that uh, in the back of your mind. That's fine. Well, it's a Amazon original series um, that follows... I think it's actually based on a comic book. It is. Um, it's a group of people that fight superheroes uh, because the superheroes in this world are super flawed. And so they're just regular people. So a bunch of them are just awful, terrible human beings. And so they're trying to, like, through guerrilla tactics, take out these horrible superheroes that commit crimes. And uh, it kind of follows them through their you know, plot to stop the superheroes from taking over the world. It but good? it's extremely gory. I love it. It's extremely gory and vulgar, but uh, it's great. It's got, um, what's his name? Carl Urban? Yeah, that's him. Carl Urban and uh, a couple other fairly famous people. Okay. But it, it it's really intense. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, pretty dramatic scenes. It's exciting but, from, like, go like every yeah everything about the show is exciting and violence that's what it's about yeah it's because they they basically instead of just like star trek washing over the the like the nitty-gritty parts of everything they show the nitty-gritty parts and then actually try and like like well what happens when superman's actually a psycho and you have to like stop him and so like all the stuff they have to go through like what happens when you know, like, oh, these these people are real. And so, like, they work out, like, ways to try and kill these people. And, like, one of the examples is, like, they kidnap a superhero. And they're, like, firing AK-47 down his throat trying to find a way to kill him because they can't kill him. Because <laughs> he's got, like, invulnerability. And so they're, like, trying to drown him and set him on fire and, like, all this stuff to, like, get rid of this dude. But turns out, no, we just got to keep him chained to the wall for the next 30 years and hope he dies of old age. Like, that's all we can do. Do what works. Yeah, so it's pretty fun. The uh, the first episode... Well, I, you just watch the first episode. If you don't like the first episode, you'll hate the show. But uh, the first episode's awesome. Okay. Yeah, I really enjoyed that one. I, I've watched that one twice through to make sure I didn't miss anything for the ne- this season that just mm-hmm. started. It's really good. And it's fast-paced. Yeah. That's what I like about it. Like, it doesn't mess around. Like, there's no downtime. Yeah. It doesn't allow They've you really the... to breathe. It just goes. Yeah, it does a good job of ca- catching the gravity of the scenes, but not dwelling on it for too long. And just when you think something that is the most, like, offensive thing has happened, the next episode comes along. <laughs> and you're like, wow, that was graphic and horrifying. Yeah. Oh, I'm okay with graphic and horrifying, a la Game of Thrones or Walking Dead. Yeah. I could care less for just stupid graphic, though. Like, if it's just gratuitous. No, it's it's along the lines of, like, when you shoot someone, they explode instead of just getting a hole in them. <laughs> like, that's what it's mm. like. Like, everything is, you just explode. Okay, well, I can watch the first one. Give it a try. Cool. Do you have a bunch of people show up to the game store Thursday? A new uh, new I think people. It was five or six. Really? Yeah, we had a new guy. His name's Preston. I think he's come to the store a couple times, but uh, this is the first time for him playing. Hmm. And, uh, he seemed to have a great time. Him and CJ got a game in. It seemed they both seems like they both enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was gonna play John, but John chickened out because he was afraid of me. I'm go- that's the story I'm going with. Definitely I mean, was not busy doing something else. I always hear him talking to people how he's like, that Brandon guy, I'm just terrified of him. I know I'll never yeah. beat him and stuff. I like, hear, I hear a lot too. of that. It's, yeah. Yeah. I watch the I watch the video cameras on, on playback after he uh-huh, leaves. That's uh-huh. exactly what he's saying. <laughs> God. <laughs> all right. Uh, so you guys pumped for all the news we have today? Oh, my God. There was, there was, it feels like the dam is finally breaking. It's raining. Yeah. Do you have it all written down? Like, do you have a control of this? 
I got the card cycling. I got the new formats. I got the new banned and restricted list. Is there anything else that happened? I think that uh, was it. Winter Garden? I guess that was announced. <laughs> I don't know anything about... I'm not the guy for this. I don't know who these people are. I'm assuming that the bear guy is Grizzly, and if he's not Grizzly, I don't know who he is. He's Major like, Major Ursa. Is that Ursa? Okay. Yeah. I know nothing else besides the name, so... I will contribute nothing to it. Marvel's Winter Guard. Ugh. From Earth 616. Yeah, okay. I really thought that was a joke of a picture. I got. I, I swear. <laughs> I was looking at it, and I'm like, okay, what game is that from? And I'm like, oh, fuck, that's Marvel Cry- No! <laughs> okay, well, the Winter Guard seemed to always pretty much be the same four people, but it doesn't just tell me their fucking names. Uh, Red Dynamo. Or Dynamo. Yeah, it's... Here we go. I got it. All we know is their pictures, though, right now, right? Yeah. We know what the models look like. Yeah. Uh, a bear, uh, a silly-looking wizard, uh, a red Captain America guy. You're, you're not helping. Excuse me? And an Iron Man. Yeah, you're well, dopey Iron Man. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see what affiliation they are or create, because they really aren't, what I, little I've read, associated with anything else. And no one else is associated with them. So it'd be a it really small four-person affiliation that just sounds weird. <sighs> Who's going to be on the team with a bear? That seems like a bad... Uh, Malekith. <laughs> That's true. Tiger, bear, lizard, raccoon? Oh yeah, it's happening. <laughs> then they've got the actual release date of when they're going to drop a bunch of shit, right? It's like the 14th or something? Or like when they're going to do their... Uh, Mini Strap well, Kansas. Yeah. Yeah, 14th to 16th July. Yeah. <clears throat> It looks like this is the same team that was in the comic book arc Death of Abomination, based on the uh, fandom wiki of the uh, Marvel. Because there has been other people on this team before. Did you, in the news, your stuff here, It they've got that, um, basically a tournament packet? Is that part of the news? Or is that something you're... Nope. Because they have the, cha- kind of packet? the challenger, challenger rules. Yeah. It's just their event. It's just their event document. Same one that's existed the whole time. Is it's it like how to play Marvel Crisis? Protocol. No, it's new. No, 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 because no, no, no. It gives. It, it is basically their answer to the uh, tournament organizer kit that was, you know, kit bashed, fan created, and sent out with Omnis and everyone. Yeah, it's very different. It's straight up how to run a tournament. Yes. What happens? Really? Yeah. Uh, variable round timing is what they say should happen for your uh, yeah, your rounds, and what happens when the round timer ends, etc. So it goes into how to run a tournament. Uh, Longshanks is reformulating their strength of schedule to match uh, the new Challenger uh, document. Let's put it that way. Roll five dice for variable... What? <laughs> yeah. Uh, that happens in... I think someone said Legion does that too, or... I think it's Legion, and everyone just ignores that part. Uh, what happened to they don't want to be uh, involved <laughs> with competitive play? Shut your mouth! <laughs> Seems like that changed real quick when the community started doing it for them. Shut your goddamn <laughs> mouth. You're a liar. That's the first thing I thought of, too, when I read it. <laughs>
I know. <laughs> as soon as every time they make an update, I'm like, huh, interesting. Interesting. But no, it's very much. Did you pull it up, Brandon? I'm looking at it yeah. now, although my browser is not being friendly, so it's shrinking it. Makes it hard to read. Where's the so missed opportunities? That's what I wanted to read here. Oh, it's very much like the one that was. I mean, yeah. Oh, they've actually given some ground here. You are now allowed to replace your essential tokens as long as they match the exact dimensions of the correct tokens and are approved by the TO. So there you go. That, that's so actually everything that's not Muse on Mini. Got it. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> Muso minis are correct sized. Fucking uh-huh. cardboard's wrong. <laughs> Put a caliper on it. Tell me that they're the right fucking size. Uh, have they published the correct size? Yes, they have. It's supposed to be 25 millimeter, and it's 26. I understand that it's off by one, but yeah. where's the 25 published? Uh, I don't know if it was made in a public document or anything, <laughs> okay. but it's definitely... They were asked directly, and they're like, they're 25 millimeter tokens. And they, they sent that in text to the distributors. And then that's not the size they are. Yeah. Not that I would ever... I mean, I said all that in just... Yeah, like, who cares? Yeah. Are the Muse... The Muse ones are one off? Yeah. No, no. The uh, the cardboard tokens are off by a millimeter. Oh, gotcha. Because the cardboard die punch is not accurate. Mm-hmm. That's definitely something I hope that they would address of all the other things. I, I put that on top of my list. Yeah, so the Challenger Packet. What is a watcher? What the fuck? That's your tournament organizer, isn't it? No, it's the person. Should a dispute or an argument arise, players should immediately call for a watcher to help them resolve it. It's like floating referees. Yeah. Who's supplying these floating <laughs> referees? Is that Atomic Mass Games? Do they just have an army of people that go so to like the, random events? The watcher local can events? be the EO or someone mm-hmm. designated. Yeah, because I just have an army of people standing around to be watchers. This is the the biggest fallacy in wargaming, and I wish people would not just pretend that the judge can stand at your table and watch your fucking game. Correct. It's like, yeah, I understand that there's no perfect resolution for this stuff, but like, don't don't make it worse by pretending you can just put fucking a person on every table to watch the games. Mm -hmm. They have to write it that way, though. Otherwise, what what do they start off with? Be an adult? Yeah, both players get a warning. If you call a TO over, both of you lose five minutes off your clock. <laughs> Except you can't do that. Like, you can't functionally do that on most chess clocks. You get to pull one model from both players. I can't wait till, like, somebody just gets fed up with it and starts, like, seeing how far you can take, like, judge calls. And not, I'm not talking about Marvel, I'm talking about Wargaming in general, because 40k is getting pretty crazy at this point, where, like, judge calls and stuff. So what happens when you call the judge? My opponent just moved a model. Like, what? No, I didn't. He's lying to you. Like, did he just get into an argument? Like, he's like, he just picked up his his tank and moved it three inches to the left so it was on the objective. He's like, I didn't. And he's like, <laughs> you just argue about it. It's like, who, who was right? Uh, like, I'm oh honestly, like... As, as, I can't believe that doesn't happen right now. As yeah. stupid as it There's is... There's definitely people that would do that. As stupid as that sounds and, and is, I feel like War Machine hit that wall... When there was enough trinkets for every movement in the game, and you and your opponent, if your opponent used all those trinkets, they expected you to use them. And every time you didn't, it was like they wanted to call a judge over. 
It was horseshit, and that's how it felt. Well, it felt almost exactly what you're talking about. If you're about. doing a very, very close measurement, and like you're trying to move around a building, and you don't have like anything to measure a movement around a circular object, then yeah, I get something like that because you're not going to do it accurately, and the way that people do it is not even close to accurate. Like I've seen people pull out those fucking like fabric tape measures that are made out of cloth and wrap it around the shoulders. Like you see it's 10 inches. Like that's from like (laughs) fucking diameter. That's not, it's not the circumference is not your move distance because you have a base. Like that's not how that works. Like trying to explain it to them. I've had very good experiences with judge calls in both War Machine and Marvel. I did as well. So people haven't been taking it for granted, but like uh, at Bug Eater, I had to call over a judge, not because there was a rules question, but I just said, I need. I am moving here. Uh, can I fit in that location? Like it was like right up mm-hmm. against a building yeah. and a person. And it's like, yeah. you know, my opponent was willing to give it to me, but I, at the it, it it was so close. I just called the judge and said, just yes or no. Uh, that way, it's not either me or the opponent making that judgment call as to whether I'm in or out of a, a legal placement. Yeah, I always anything close. I I just say, what do you? Am I? And my opponent usually goes, I don't know. I mean, measure. I'm like, no, you decide. Am I or am I not? And if they're going to call things close, then I'm going to call things close on them too. So usually that works out just fine. I mean, once they realize that that's what I'm actually doing, I'm like, is that fit? You know, like, uh, what do you think? (laughs) Well, I don't know. I don't know. Let's measure it 27 times. No, that's not what I'm asking, dude. Let's, it either what does or doesn't. I'm not rolling a die. I could tell you that. We're not flipping a coin. (laughs) You're not going to stare me down until can I do you, it wrong. Can you imagine how much of a fucking shit show cons are going to be if they just do 90 minutes, you can't check the round timer? Here's the problem. They think that's going to speed up the pace of play. Right, but it's the opposite. You can you can totally hack your clock, your, your watch, whatever. And if you're up, you can just slow play it when you know you only have less than 10 minutes left. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, it it is a horrible idea, and I am confident the community will not adopt that as standard practice. Nah. Yeah, and even if they were like like the 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 they're thinking that the variable five minutes of round timer <laughs> will make any fucking difference. Like, come on, man. Uh, yeah, but they also say finish the current turn and next person's round. So it's yeah. not like they're just if cutting the game off is at ninety five. When the timer for the Swiss round runs out, the players finish the current game round and calculate their scores. Yeah. Fuck me. That's so stupid. Well, that way you can play two and a half hour, two and a half hour games. This is clearly written by people not running events on a regular basis. Yeah, but I mean, the people... Do you know who, how many people... Go ahead. The, uh, those people that make this game know better. Like, that's what I don't understand. I think they, they don't care better. <laughs> I think they, yeah, I think they there's like, care. that's not our problem. Like, it's like, if you guys want to play this game at our events, then you just need to play faster. Like, and they don't understand or care. It's more that they don't care if people are going to stall or not. Like, why is that such a, a, a touchy issue? It's of not even, all the things. I think most like stalling weird. isn't, excuse sorry. I don't think most stalling is actually that intentional. I think a lot of people get into having fun with the game. This is what happened at Adepticon on almost every table is people get into like the joy of the game and the fun interactions. They're talking with their opponent and they don't realize 45 minutes has gone by and they're only on turn one. Uh-huh. Like it's just, your time is just gone so fast. I agree. No, I don't yeah. think they're intentional either. There, there was only a handful in war machine where they were intentional. And those were lists that were very intentional to do that. And you knew what was happening and it sucked. 
but that was very rare, and it was the thing that they did. Most other yeah, games are exactly like you're saying. Can you imagine trying to play against Meat Mountain when there's no chess clock? Uh, absolutely. Or like um, you, you wouldn't see turn three. They'd be literally impossible to win the game on scenario. Yeah, and I mean that's why people would bring him in hardcore because you couldn't do shit about it. You'd bash against it. The only clock was the big one, basically. Yeah. They'd barely even lose. be able to move their own fucking models uh-huh. if they don't attack. Yep. Here's a random question for you. What percentage of the uh, Marvel Crisis Protocol playing population do you think is the competitive uh, con slash tournament uh, scene player versus the I've got some models and I play in my basement with my friends? Um, I think the con level player is probably somewhere between 20 and 30%. And I think the goes to local tournaments and tries to compete is somewhere between 50 and 75%. Okay. I think there are more significantly more casual players in MCP as compared to uh, almost any other war game you want to talk about, whether it's Guild Ball, Legion, War Machine, um, just based off of the IP and the models. Uh, and I think uh, AMG is writing a lot of what they do for those people. I think those people, like if we're talking about like just plays the game for fun casually, those people aren't even reading this document. So I don't see how that matters at all. Like if you're just playing like, Perfect example, like, you and your son are playing at your house. Do you follow any rule written in this document? Do you set a 90-minute round timer and roll five dice and, like, change the timer? Like, like no one cares. If you're just playing casual games, you're just there to have fun. And so you're just going to play the game the way you want. True, but there may be some people who don't, like, they want to organize. Like, maybe they have a bunch of friends they want to have over. Like, oh, let's do a tournament. Like, oh, they've got this great packet. Let's just do what it says. Uh, I think there's a lot of that. I think there's more, I think there's more of that than I had realized previously and that's based off of reading through like tts discord and and other facebook posts like so y- y'all had it nailed in terms of like this update was not a shock to uh to you or anyone listening to this podcast yep yeah uh it is a complete shock to apparently 98 percent of the world which just floors really? me <laughs> yes <laughs> almost like, all okay. of it we called yeah and people are like i don't understand what's going on um I also yeah. I wonder what what com- what percentage of that is like confirmation bias where it's um like you and me and Jeremy probably didn't post yeah I saw this coming online today but we all knew it was coming mm-hmm. only the people that are surprised are voicing their opinions they're like oh why where was this coming from I didn't know you know space stone was so overpowered it's like well it's really not but you know it's more that they're trying to nerf a specific character that takes it true but okay. I would say yeah, that the people on TTS playing in those seasons are the people that I would have expected to have known, like be in the know on yeah. stuff. And that's what floors me because there's thousands of people who aren't on the TTS discord who are just playing in their basements, et cetera, et cetera. So anyway, I think yeah. the non-competitive uh, population is potentially uh, bigger than I had thought because I approach this game and the news and everything from a competitive tournament mindset. Yeah. I, don't, I just, I don't understand the point of writing a, like an event rules packet for casual players. It's like an oxymoron. Like if they want to follow the rules of the tournaments, that's absolutely fine. But I don't understand the logic of writing the rules for them. Cause the difference of like chess clock and round timer is only important. If people don't understand the difference, like the people that know the difference, you don't have to worry about. It's the people that don't know the difference and they don't understand what like fair amount of play is. 
Fair enough. And a lot of those same people, when they go to an event, are going to end up having a bad experience because they play against somebody who doesn't respect their opponent's time. That's what I was waiting to hear. Exactly that. Respecting your opponent's time. That, that to me, is what the chess clock is all about. I mean, you, you both should have equal time to play the game and do your best with what you have. Mm-hmm. And when you don't have that, intentional or not, and I'm going to say 99% of the time, it's not intentional. It's mm-hmm. just the bullshitting and the, the fucking around with, like, you know, talking about some story of what your last model did than the two games ago to your opponent. And you both laugh and you both have a beer and you drink and shit and you get to turn two and the game's over. Like, <laughs> yeah. damn. You know, like. I've seen people, I have seen people go get a beer while they're playing a game. I'm just like, why are you, why are you even here? Like, what are you doing? Like, like you yeah. spent 10 minutes waiting in line to get a beer at the fucking concession stand while the round timers are running. Like, there's no way you guys are going to finish your game. Yeah, it, I, I don't get it. It definitely is the premium way to play the game. I, I'm not sure. What What's kind of weird, though, is this game takes itself, like, they want to claim that there's, like, this casual, fun thing about it. But when it comes to tabletop games, it's as complicated or more complicated than just about every other game. Like, this is not like, hey, mom, yeah, I want to show cool- you a new game. You've never played a tabletop game before. You want to be yeah. Spider-Man? No, it doesn't play like that at all. (laughs) It's so complicated compared to like... uh, Also, like, like we're also writing these rules. Like, a perfect example, I just scrolled to the next page. and It's like, writing these rules for the super casual, just want to have fun players. And then the same rules we've got. What happens when you have more than 65 players in your event? You want to cut to top. What top should you cut to? I'm like, this is not relevant information to go together in the same packet. Strange. I don't know. This actually all seems pretty fine. The only issue I have is the timer. You should... And I understand if they just, like, we don't want to tell people they have to buy chess clocks, but man, that's... I mean, maybe that's... I haven't gotten a tiebreaker yet, though. And and if the (laughs) tiebreakers are as bad as I think it's going to be, I'm going to be really upset. What the fuck? Could you make this any more complicated? Strength of schedule. Player's strength schedule is calculated by dividing each of their opponent's total event points by the total number of rounds that opponent has played then adding the result for each opponent played together and then dividing them by the number of opponents the player has played jeremy what's the total four four cool (laughs) (laughs) it makes total sense i don't understand why you don't get that Mm -hmm. it's a what they're doing is not punishing you for having someone drop yeah that's fair i mean they are dividing it by the right it's the win ratio not win rate it's the win rate not win total uh yes Mm mm-hmm so let's see, if I played three players that went two and one, so they would each have six points divided by three, which would be two. And so then I would have a total of six points that we then divide by number of rounds the opponent has played and then adding the result for each opponent played together. And then dividing that total by the number of opponents the player has played. So divided by three. So that would give me a strength schedule of two. Player with the highest range of schedule is ranked above all the players, and the group is not yet ranked. Yeah, second place, blah, blah, blah. Okay. All right, well, that's not that bad. And then victory points scored, and then random. That's fine, I guess, because strength of schedule should fix the main thing. If this was was the best possible, it would be strength of schedule followed by opponent strength of schedule, and then by, like, random and just get rid of victory points because the fact that you would ever use victory points to determine ranking is silly Ooh, no 2d terrain Ooh, <laughs> cute 
in your face. How are you going to figure out that you don't know how a beam works unless you have 3D terrain? I still don't know how beams work, honestly. <laughs> I'm not Nobody even does. ashamed to say it at this point. Every time I, I try and find out, I get more confused. I know Black Swan has an eye beam. Does that work? Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. It is terrifying playing a new player and they throw a beam across you and you have like seven effects that happen. And you're like, I have no idea how this is going to happen. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> this is a mess. Oh, man. Josh Russell's never going to be able to play. Uh-oh. Players should... should... <laughs> A player who that has become upset or threatens or to become violent should, towards another player or spectator or any other person, in fact, should be banned from the event. I never really had trouble with that guy. I don't know what happened with, with others that have, but... I mean, he threatened... Wasn't it DC, I want to say? He threatened bodily harm to one of the developers of War Machine at, while he was in the room. Like... It was like him and a couple other people, and he was like, I'm going to fucking kill you, like, uh, because he did something with the rules. And it's like, uh, and then he got thrown out of the event for life. <laughs> like, Yeah. I, I don't know. I never had a problem with the guy. I, I guess, I guess in that, I, I, there's lots of people that I have way more trouble with. Like, there's some people that I find offensive on glancing at them. Like, they make me so mad. Mm-hmm. I bet I can guess who two of them are. Do you want me to turn mm. on the webcam? <laughs> yeah. One of them is me. <laughs> well, I mean, you you do anger on sight. I do I do find myself like bright yeah. red and I'm like can't figure out why I want to hit somebody. Did you see they already fixed the um the symbol in the packet? Yeah. It was a oops. All right. <laughs> I meant it to be a, I meant it to be an E, not a C. Whatever, <laughs> dude. <laughs> you did not. I don't know. I think I'm giving him more credit for that now than I used to. That might have actually been a typo. Given that their quality control isn't quite up to 100%. I'm surprised there isn't more spelling errors, to be honest with you. Yeah. I'm not actually that worried about, like, the quality control stuff. It just, like, yeah, I mean, that could happen. Like, I I know enough about, like, game design and, like, the way everything works that I could see it happening. But at the time, I was just upset that, like, some things were broken and they weren't caring about the missions. Uh And I think I, I gave a little bit of a hard run on that one. Okay. All right. Let's go ahead and get started, and then we'll talk about more of this stuff. All right. Um. Aaron, do you know? Do you know how introductions go? I assume you you know from listening, but uh, I will say I do not have a form. Okay. Name. Uh, you're gonna go after Jeremy. You're gonna so. give out your full. First off, you need to, you do use your full name, first, middle, last, also <laughs> social security number, and if you have a credit yeah. card, hold it to the screen and take a screenshot. <laughs> Yeah, that'll okay, be perfect. Sounds good. Yeah, and and also your your address. Your <laughs> also address. address. Yeah, with with the the last four of the zip code, not just five. The full yeah. nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah all yeah, yeah, nine. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And if there's a maiden name, <laughs> go ahead and stay that just in case. <laughs> yeah, with her birthday, <laughs> if you would. Jesus, that was lame. We did it, guys. We did it again. Episode, episode in the can. Yeah, we did it again. Nice. Two timelines. This is the second timeline. Fuck yes. Uh, Aaron, me and Parker put a little bit more uh, thought in on the uh, power denial list. Yeah. Oh, God. I've tentatively named it Pay Your Taxes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, what did you come up with? Yeah. What is it? Uh, it is uh, your opponent will never, ever, ever, ever have power. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what the list does. It's um, Poison Judgment. I have to do it it's off done. of memory because I didn't write it down. 
It's um, Ebony Maw, Supergiant, Enchantress, um, Ronin with the Power Stone, uh-huh. Loki. Um, what's the other four pointer? I'm pretty sure there's another four pointer. Drawing a blank. Um, oh, uh, Omega Red. Yeah. Mysterio. And then it is Mysterio. I think we cut Groot. He might have gotten left in. I can't remember. I think there's one other character in there I'm forgetting. Uh, and then your Tactus cards are Kick Him While They're Down, um, Grand Illusion, and then um, Trip Up, and a collection of other like really annoying cards, basically. That all cause things. Um, yeah, and so you do the three single extracts that you have to roll on in the middle, and so it's absorbing uh-huh. all their power. And then you do all the you do the two energy pay to flips, and then Terrigens because it poisons them. And so you just let them have the Terrigens on turn one. Oh, Mordo's the other character, and so then you use the Terrigen clouds to poison their characters, and then every time they attack you, Ronin judges them. This goes and so their character. No, we okay. we took him out because we didn't think you would ever play him. Yeah, when because he's there's too many good fives. Okay, and so you've got Mysterio, Enchantress, and Ebony Maw, which you have to spend two power to attack if you don't want to roll on their energy defense of five and six, mm-hmm. or sorry, Mystic defense of five and six. But they don't have power because you've poisoned half their list, and that's what Omega Red does. If you, wherever their highest collection of characters in Omega Red just poison bombs them. Mm-hmm. And you can't shake poison unless you leave the aura, because you'll just gain poison again when you end your activation. <laughs> uh, so you just poison everybody, you stun everybody, you judge everybody, and then you've got a bunch of people that have sat power, and they just steal the power off of you. And so if they have like a character that's once you've judged somebody, or and then you've like poisoned and stunned them or hexed them, you can run up with um, Mordo, and he spreads the debuffs around. Which is really cute. So your ideal like seventeen point list is what? Uh, it is Ebony Maw, Super Giant, uh, Mysterio, Loki, or something like that. Let me see. Uh, five. Uh, so you got twelve left. So you do four threes. Um, yeah, she probably have to cut Loki in that list. You realize every single so one of those models moves short, right? <laughs> no, they don't. <laughs> They're coming. Several of them do. They're coming for you slowly. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're giving them territory. You could do so. Ronin, Ebony Maw, um, Ronin, Ebony Maw, Loki, Supergiant, or Mysterio would, would work at 17. I think that's one of the lists we talked about. So the issue is you've got Loki on top of you, and then Mysterio is going to throw down the Grand Illusion probably mid turn two or early turn three. Uh huh. And then Loki's probably going to get injured at some point on that round, and you're going to be under the Loki bubble after that. And then the, all the scenario elements are constantly spending your power. You're having to spend an extra power on all your fucking powers. And you have to pay two power to attack people. And you don't gain power when you're damaged because Ronan's judging everybody. And so basically what happens is they come into you, they attack somebody, they immediately get judged. And then you just start shooting them. Oh, Voodoo was the other character. Because Voodoo has soul burn and sap power. And he can make you drop your objectives. So when they do find the objective, Voodoo just makes them drop it. And so they don't even score it. Sounds pretty miserable. It looked pretty miserable on taper. You also have the um, the pseudo uh, well-laid plans with the um, psychic shockwave from Ebony Maw and Supergiant. Oh, God. Which is super funny. <laughs> so if they get you on a wide extract, you're just like, uh, everyone drops their shit. You're like, at the end of the turn, you're like, fuck. Definitely sounds very I like great, the concept. I don't think it'll play as well, but I like it. I don't think, I don't know that, it's definitely not great. 
I don't know that it's good. It's probably okay. But mostly, like, the savvy opponents will realize what you're doing in list creation. But I think a lot of people go, oh, so you've just never played before. Like, yeah, (laughs) like, I borrowed all my buddy's extra models. Like, yeah. And then you go to play and he goes, wait a second. I'm poisoned and judged. How do I get power? (laughs) And you don't. So the best part is, like, if if you're on the objectives, right? And they were poisoned. They power up. They don't get any power. And you just walk away. And so if they chase you to attack you, they can't activate the objectives. <laughs> and they can't stand there and activate the objectives because they don't have any power. It's really funny. I don't only... know. Oh, you also play uh, PSD. So you have the plus um, defense die and can't be moved stuff. Only against Mystic, right? Against Mystic, but... Um... A lot of the um, the the guys can use their mystic defense against some stuff, but mostly mm. you can't be moved by superpowers. Fair enough. I've got a week to decide what they're playing TTS, and you almost had me there at trying that out. <laughs> I would not try that in TTS. I would uh, wait wait till you go O two and then play that in TTS. And then play it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I would say I'm... like my hot take right now in TTS is going to be shield. Shield is going to be oh, the yeah. one shield, to, shield... To, to lose like. Yeah. against I, I feel like everyone's going to take losses against shield they have all the tools and they're really fucking good so i'm really concerned because i have no legitimate experience with anyone but criminals like i've dabbled with one or two games with a lot of people but like competitively that's that's it so i'll be behind the eight ball with everything else i also want to be anti-meta as opposed to meta so i'd prefer mm-hmm. to find something that preys on shield i just don't know what it is unless it's pure black order just to kill the grunts fine bring your grunts go find it I'll just track your beam you with Thanos and kill you. I'll take your mm-hmm. objective and get a victory point. I think yeah, but any good opponent really... will only let you do that once, and then the shield obje- the shield leadership will just give them the victory point right back. Yeah, like I, I said, don't know I... if short. I don't know if shortening the game is really what Black Order won at that point. Maybe. So is that really how that works? Hold on. Do they? Do you both get a victory point? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Yes, you do. I'm checking. You, you do. gain one. They gain one. Nick Fury says, if you have fewer victory points than opponent the first time each round, an allied character's days are KO'd. It's on the forum, because I remember someone asked about it. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, who knows if it's actually supposed to work then. <laughs> sure. There's no there's no way to know. Yeah. When enemy character's days is KO'd, this character gains one victory point. Yeah, I would imagine it would work, because they both trigger at the same time. And if one triggers, then the other is allowed to trigger. Or if you were just already down, obviously. I'm wondering if it was tied. Yeah. And Thanos killed him. Do you both get the one? And and he, you just both go up one. Uh, I think so. I think that's. And how then in in if that's actually how that works, I don't think Thanos is the counter because I think that's really bad because you're just going to shorten the game. <sighs> Maybe. I mean, eventually, Shield only gets that once around, so it discourages them from bringing the grunts back because at some point you're going to start KOing their actual characters plus the grunts. Uh, that's true. So I don't know. Um, Shield does tend to bring like a lot of cheap characters too. I wasn't kidding about uh, Thanos and X Men. Strongly considering that it's very very having, good. I I know that list works. Having fun with Mind Reality Thanos. Mm-hmm. You also are really good on like pay to flips. I, uh-huh. I think that list is pretty strong. I don't even think I think Thanos is a splash as opposed to a every time right. So you can build that list and just right, splash him yeah. as a tenth, and you got options. Well, it's a lot like Guardians, where you have your core base, and you're just adding in a character that fits the point total. Yep. Or you, you can play wide. I mean, you don't even have to drop in a tentpole. So. Sure. Yeah, I think I think X-Men with, like, 
pick your favorite good characters is really strong right now. Yep. But that's why I don't really want to play it because there's lots of people playing it. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I like how the shield leadership can't place a character with an extract, but like, you know, reposition can. That definitely makes sense. Shield leadership can't place. What do you mean? The shield leadership you can't place if you have an extract token, right? It's not a place, well, it's an advance. Not shield. I'm sorry. Oh. The uh the X-Men. I said okay. the wrong one. Yeah, I'm like, what so, the hell? That's my bad. You are sorry. correct. Uh, it's still plenty strong without that. Oh, I know. I just it annoys me that cards like reposition exist. I concur with that. Yeah, X-Men, pretty strong. I, I think it's weird now that there's going to be the dynamic of there's not a guaranteed clapback without field dressing. So, like, models that do killing actually can get work done and make it to the next turn. Yeah, you can actually... It, well, that that makes me think characters that do the double act thing, manipulating priority is going to be more powerful than it used to be. So, maybe Black Order is getting nerfed because they're also getting buffed with the priority manipulation. Mm-hmm. It could be. I mean... It's it's a pretty big deal, the fact that a model can actually just stay down now. Like, there's really no way to stop it. You're just down. And then the next yeah. turn, you lose them. You know which card was pseudo-banned? Grievous Wounds. Oh, my God. No one's ever going to take that fucking card now. It was already pretty shitty. You needed, like, a Corvus-level threat to guarantee the damage. <laughs> there's going to be the one guy at one tournament, one time this year, that has She-Hulk right there. And gets fucking grievous wound. No! But like, <laughs> so? Field dressing doesn't exist! Like, what's the point? Like, what are you stopping? You won't be able to use the other one. They got the, the model standing right there. Healer right back. Plus you won't five. be able to field dress them? Or, no, sorry, no, no. med pack them? No, the other one. The one that actually exists. Patch up. Patch up. No, no, because she's in shield. She can get the, uh, Battlefield the, medicine. the field medicine. Oh, yeah. yeah, she gets that one. You could actually heal her for like eight in shield pretty easily. Or more with Hood or Wong or yeah. Strange. So that's the other list I would I would be okay with doing is Steve Avengers with Heimdall and Strange. I really want to see Strange in Avengers again. I think it's going to be infuriating as fuck. Mm. It's going to be so annoying. Just trying to double activate everybody. Activated. Activated. No, just heal, well, no, healing. It's just, oh, it's and just healing, the, sure. the amount of power you can shove through that little man. Yeah, he, he can <laughs> use it all. It's so annoying. You give him the soul stone, you're like, would you like to move up and use a superpower? Get fucked. Like, every time you use a superpower, he gets to add two dice to someone's defense roll. And you're like, was it worth it? And you're like, probably not. And then Heimdall gets to re-roll it. Like, oh my god. You're adding, like, four defense dice to every defense roll. Uh, and then, yeah, cat bodyguards and, and raises to- his shield and gets two with two re-rolls. It's effectively a ten dice defense yeah. roll. Yeah. With blanks. <laughs> yeah. That's fine. Jeremy's thinking about it. He's like, uh, shit. I don't think I take the soul stone, though. Uh, I think you do, because the, it's it's a lot like Thanos. Like, if he could disagree every attack, it doesn't matter that you're down two models. Like, you're still outnumbering them. You're, you're putting more attack dice on the field than they are. And so that's my thought, is, like, you'll just have so much power on him that he'll owe Because if you don't, he won't get to do that much. He'll run out of power super early. Because so you, you just double move him point, forward and uh, use a soul stone and get a bunch of power. Hope your opponent. You just put him. You put him like kind of in the middle, like not aggressively placed, but you know reasonably forward, so he's affecting the game. I guess I could play strange with a soul stone at six and Loki at mind gem at five and play whichever one makes sense based on point totals. It's true. Granted, they and do, then obviously they do very Thanos things. at eight. Yeah, Thanos at eight. I don't play Thanos. <laughs> the rest are Avengers plus Heimdall. 
make it work. I think that's super strong and would play to my control. I mean, it'd be the Avengers I played before I switched to, to Criminals. Yeah. Right? Double move, throw, throw you off the point. Problem is, uh, Perrin's playing that in real life. <laughs> so yeah. I gotta <laughs> either steal it from him or, I don't know, I'll figure it out. Tell him he has to get a summer job to buy all of his models. I, I should, yes. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see in a year from now, Steve to get changed. The cheap, the cheaper thing, I think, might be the hotness to go to that just kind of I don't know, becomes unwieldy. Everybody seems to like really, really, really zing off of it. It's just so good now that well, Captain it's the best leadership not... in the game. Like, if you only sure. care about power, like, it's Kingpin keeps getting worse with like every release, it feels like, instead of getting better. And Cap just gets with these new tuned up models, man, Cap is so crazy. Yes. I remember when we first saw Doctor Strange's card, we were like, this guy is going to break the game in half. <laughs> we are like, there's not going to be a game after Doctor Strange comes out. Because all we had seen to that point was like Ultron. Like, there was nothing good. Mm-hmm. You're like, holy shit, you can activate people? I mean, with that being said, the fucking Strange portals are still pretty sick. They're pretty busted. And those really have not changed that much. They changed a little, no. but not much. They just took away the term one jank, make some yep. worse. They're, they're garbage now. Worthless. <laughs> Can't use them. <laughs> Group thing. Yep. We went to Warfare Weekend, and one guy was like, dude, I did the portal play on turn one, and Nebula just straight up killed Hawkeye. And I'm like... Nebula oh. killed Hawkeye? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I was like, like, so like first activation oh, of the game, <laughs> Nebula dazed Hawkeye. And I'm like, oh, so? Like, who cares? Like... He's like, but bro, I dazed him on the top of turn one. I was like, yeah, and then you lost the game because you played Nebula in fucking Defenders. Like a dumbass. Like, you have two contesting models, you (laughs) idiot. I don't know. If you want to choose violence, Nebula's never wrong. Nebula's a great two-pointer, but, like, you can't survive a round. Like, like his list was done. Like, Strange just double moves turn one, can't even pick up an objective. It was so dumb. So, from a strategic or a competitive mindset, I think the issue, hmm, the best thing you can do is figure out how to uh, come away with the extract lead turn one. Nothing else that you do in your list creation matters except that question. Uh, it Unless you have some way to change it on like turn two, like to flip it. The problem is right now everyone can just throw black cat in their list and then you're just bouncing the black cats off each other. Like it's not changing the the ratio. But you cannot guarantee a turn two uh, flip without either infinity formula or advanced R&D, which I don't see a lot of people taking anymore. So that's uh, that's rough unless you play with Steve. Mm-hmm. I mean, isn't no, the yeah, best I way think... to get a lead just simply fury? Like seriously. Yeah, if you win priority with Fury, you have a scenario advantage. Okay, let's pretend That's like you don't win with Fury. Like, you lose priority on a center extract, whether it's the Five or Montesi yeah. or Legacy There's... Virus. There's odd numbers of extracts everywhere, and you don't have priority. What do you do to not lose this game? Because as soon as your opponent gets the extract lead, they sit back on pretend you're playing a, a B-Secure. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to spend all of your actions running to them like, they have the yes. game uh, on a 70-30 right there-ish, right? Mm-hmm. And you understand the concept. So how do you prevent them from establishing a turn two game state where they win if you don't change the game state? Which uh, obviously costs you actions, which is just really, really bad. Yeah. So that's why I'm like, well, what can I do 
to Day's models that come take center extracts. Uh, whether a Thanos pulls them in, whether Hawkeye gets to port with Steve's leadership, and then double tap. I mean, Web Warriors obviously have plays because they've got so much board control. Yep. Uh, and, you, and you could just play Gwen with anywhere, right? Look at that. I shoot you, pull you. Uh, so which extracts are we specifically talking about? The odd-numbered ones? Uh, so anything... So both Fs. Uh, Legacy Virus. Montessi. Uh, you'd have to have an answer to uh, Fury Hammers. That's really the only way they're getting both of them. Okay, so we got Alien Ship, Deadly Legacy Virus... Don't care about alien ship. Senators. So you don't care about the ones where you have to roll on it? No. Because it's, it's random enough? Because that's random enough, right? That There's there's random okay. induced. I care where they are going to go steal okay. and extract so and have a lead. then we have Deadly Legacy, which is one. Um, Spider-Infected Cubes, Montessi. So there's four. Um, of what? The six left in the game? Well, yeah, if you're not counting... Well, the problem is there's only... I know. Like eight. one even numbered extract because the extract's supposed to be odd because it's supposed to break up the even scoring. Um, so how about this? From a list construction standpoint, why don't you play non-standard blues to combat that? I don't think there is such a thing as non-standard blues. Like you can play meteors and sword base and then like gamma or terrigen where you can change that number because... We're fighting over a singular space, and if he's running away with one of the with two of the extracts mm-hmm. or above average number of extracts, I then have more numbers or influence to put into that one extract, the one secure that matters. So I don't care about the extracts because the secures are going to be more valuable. Okay, I would buy that. Because if he's going to, like, for example, on Montessi, if he's going to grab two of the books and run away, he can't have them both on one character. So he's down two characters holding the holding something, and you're playing meteors. And I'm like, I'm fine with your down two characters. I'm playing meteors. Well, meteors and sword both require a fight in the middle. Exactly. So he doesn't have the option to run. He's coming to you. Yep. Okay. I'll have to think about that. So maybe play very aggressive fight in the middle lists, and then just do those as your blues, and then don't play the reds he wants to play. Now the problem is I have no idea where that leaves you in the meta. <laughs> Because if you're, those are all very aggressive scenarios. And so if you're not the most aggressive fight in the middle person, you might be screwed. Yep. Okay. I think the answer to as... the anything going um, in the middle and, and or wherever taking the lead on an odd-numbered extract, uh, doesn't like Steve Venom solve that problem for you? Steve Venom, by walking up and web-lining him back? Yes. Web-snaring. You web-snare them, yeah. And then you fucking kill them. Uh, Depending on terrain, medium. you're right. It's relevant, yeah. Does Gwen not do it better for one less threat? Well, also, like, Juggernaut's still heavily in the meta, even without herbs, and so yep. that there are characters that just straight deny that as well. By deny, you mean, like, uh, move, slide, hit, or do you mean double move, throw? Um, no, he denies it because he can't be web-snared. Oh, so, or, denies, yeah, yeah. yeah. Could I, I also really like punishing people who come to the middle with either yeah. Juggernaut or Angela, um, or and Maw. honestly, if that if that becomes the meta in general, is that they just web snare you slash pull you in? PSD on two power characters might start becoming a thing, and you'll just PSD on first turn, go get the middle objective, so they can't drag you in. PSD cost two to play. Uh, it's one. It's X for range. So ah. you do it at range one. You just spend it for yourself, and then one for the extra. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I don't see that uh, being in the meta right now. So. 
if I caused right. if I caused them to change, I'll take that for kudos. That would be cute. I've been playing Toad in Criminal List to go take the center, but I've just had him bend one shot every flipping time. <laughs> okay, so we talked about um, there was the four missions, right? So it is Legacy Virus, uh, Cure, um, Scrolls, or not Scrolls, sorry, Legacy Virus, um, Montessi, Spider Infected, Cubes, Montessi. So there's four of them. Only Spider Infected can you not use Quicksilvers, can I borrow that? So, and Quicksilver can attack them on the first turn if they take the middle point, because he's long plus range three. Now, admittedly, you need to deal damage with a four damage, four dice attack, which is probably like a 60 percenter, but it's not guaranteed by any means. Uh, if I've got Heimdall, giving him two rerolls, that's a lot higher. It's true. And you generally are not going to have to go at it, and it also gets past the shield guy. It gets past the um, the Nick Fury uh, minion grunt. Just takes from him? Because you just take it from him. Okay, I'm intrigued. And he's in Avengers. And he's in Avengers. <sighs> okay. Um, I also think Brotherhood got a lot better with this update. Yeah, I could see that. Um, Admittedly, they're a little weak because they can't just sit on Magneto being immune with field dressing anymore. But uh, and other people, yeah. you don't have to worry about people waking up anymore. I never really did the climbing gear thing. I took it because it's obvious, but... I never really felt, unless your opponent had strong board control, that you really had to use it. Asteroid M gets him in just as easy as everything else. It gets him in, but then Hulk or Juggernaut mm. say, go away. Sure. Nice to have a way to get back in the fight. It's true. Yeah, Brotherhood's really good right now. Um, and they're all around, and I'll be... I mean, when it comes to TTS, they definitely haven't climbed all the way to the very tippy top. So, I mean, it's not a, uh, it's, it's not a meta one right now at all. Especially since they can't simply just take, um, what do you, uh, what's it called? The one we were talking about earlier where you can't throw somebody. Indomitable. Indomitable. Yeah, and I mean, that's probably not one people are just going to grab. I mean, and if they do, okay, that means they're missing one of the other ones. Hmm. Well, I, honestly, Indomitable and Brotherhood, I never really worry about it because you have so many moving effects that they don't really have a choice. That you can kind of force it out super early. I'm intrigued with Quicksilver. I think that's a good answer to the grunts. Yes, I, just, I think that's true. The problem is if you pull Spider Infected, but then obviously you just don't play Quicksilver. I just don't play Spider Infected. Play the other three. Well, I'm saying if your opponent brings Spider Infected. Oh, yeah. Because obviously if he's playing Shield or Fury in general, he's doing the five the, the Fs as much as he can. Uh, I think he's playing Hammers. I think you do Hammers and the two Fs. Yeah, right? but Quicksilver yeah. will take the Hammer from the grunts, so... Yeah, but he's flipping one at random, so he might pull Infected. Yes, you're right. So, a really cool list that I heard about recently was you take Steve and Sam, and you start with Steve leadership until your guys get beat up, and then you switch over to Sam. Mm -hmm. That way you can use all the healing shit later, late game, which is kind of fucking brilliant. Like it's The healing shit? What do you mean? With Sam's leadership, Sam's leadership. where you move and heal? Oh, yeah, you get the passive healing, yeah. So, like, when you don't need uh, Captains anymore, then Captain can go go do whatever he wants. It doesn't matter if he dies. Like, it just changes the whole dynamic. Switch leaderships. It's like a perfect card for all that situation. And also, Sam is the, pretty good. slot for it. Yeah, you definitely have space for it. Um, I don't know. I, I think Steve's leadership continues to be good throughout the game. But, yeah, once you've taken a bunch of damage, it's less important. Um, it, was, it was a pretty cool yeah, little list I, I heard about. It. It definitely seems good. I, I wouldn't yeah. put anything past it, but it doesn't sound... 
I, I guess I, I thought you were trying to say it was like busted or something. No, like no, it, it was just interesting. Yeah. I like the I like the sound of it. Okay. What should I come up with? So I wonder because I'm always worried about the criminal list that we play, which is so all in that if you get caught by it and you're not ready, you just lose, right? And so I'm always worried about that when I'm building lists. I probably just need to stop worrying about it and then just don't ex- expect to not have to play against King Tim. <laughs> That's what I did. It's very, it feels really good. very out of f- favor in the meta, even before this yeah. quote-unquote nerf. Right, and so I'm hoping that the meta shifts away from Kingpin in general and so that I can go back to playing my non-pay-to-flips because I fucking hate pay-to-flips. <laughs> oh, I hate them. They always fuck me. They fuck me so bad. Yep. Yeah, so I got rid of them recently, and it feels so much better. So much better. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, I think we're probably going to wrap it up. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in, and hopefully you had a good time. Uh, thank you, Aaron, for joining us on this guest Yay, episode. Hey, Aaron. Uh, maybe we'll have you on again soon. Uh, happy to be here. Goodbye. Peace.